A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi. Uh, I'm finishing editing up this episode and realizing I go real spicy in this opening, which is like a 20, 20, 30 minute something screed, whatever. Um, And I think uh, I'm going to leave it in because it's honest and it's where I'm at uh, currently. And I think that that's part of the experience here is uh, honestly expressing my struggles. Uh, This episode freaked me out to do. And I think that uh, it doesn't get much better. I'm still I'm almost more freaked out now that I've made that in, in that beginning because I think we're all supposed to have clean smart person sound bites and uh, be all composed about everything and I, I'm not that at all in this opening so uh, if you don't want to listen to me you know whatever go off about stuff and uh, you you know basically about being problematic uh, and and con- struggles around that and fears around that and doing my best with that and whatever uh, and Kanye West and life and things then uh, feel free to skip up to about 30 or so minutes and you know just skip in the part with Mitchell Davis uh, but if you want to just be forewarned I'm a maniac and uh, hey while you're here check out patreon.com slash my good bad brain and donate before you decide you don't like this anymore I, I did this in the I was like worried about this episode and so I was like ah let's just jump to it let's do the one where we just go galaxy brain crazy existential stuff and it happened to end with a whole thing about how we love Kanye West uh, just like a week before he decided to take the hardest heel turn in the history of my favorite artists so um, please enjoy my you know sometimes problematic uh good bad brain i hope well whatever just thought i'd put it up in the fourth episode you know so if people decide they hate this and hate me they could do it now i don't think anyone's gonna react i don't know this is just my anxiety talking fuck get ready for more of this for about a half hour or more (sighs) let's run the theme song bye welcome to my good bad brain i'm a normal person so i'm insane I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person even really is. But I figured out a long time ago that being alive is beautiful. I'm in a lot of difficulty starting this one again. I don't, well, maybe that's going to end up being a theme, I suppose. I'll say this. I'm a little scared of this episode because I recorded a lot of these episodes, all of them really, before publishing them. And I don't want to just throw things out or change things or re-record things. And I think everything's valid. I'll say right off the bat, the reason this one freaks me out primarily has to do with Kanye West. Because Mitchell and I love Kanye West. And we have long been, I'm not even going to say apologists, I will say flat out 
lovers of Kanye West through his struggles and his egomania and whatnot and this and that. And I'm going to get into that a little bit uh, in this little preamble. Um, and that stuff doesn't hit till the outro, till the, the ending of, of this podcast, but it's a strong note to go out on because it was prior to Kanye's recent return to the public arena with his uh, rather uh, 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 incendiary, I will say, uh, heel turn um, with his MAGA hats and whatnot and these and that and things. Um, and I think that combined with... Um, well, combined with, I'll say, I'll say uh, a couple things. One, one, I will say that combined with a fear about this episode in general that like we just get too philosophical or something like that. We do talk about specific mental health stuff as we always do, but that became an anxiety for me about this podcast in general about like, oh, are we keeping this concrete enough, concrete, like, you know, about mental health enough? Is there too much existential armchair philosophizing being a person stuff in here? And I'm not too worried about that. If people don't dig that, that's kind of okay. Uh, Because that's what I want to do. That's what helps me. And all I think we can truly do as creatives is is make the thing that you want in the world. The thing that you can do the best is going to be that. So that's just, that's my bag. That's what I'm going to do. Mitchell and I are cut from the same cloth and we really go off a little bit. I think there's only one other episode that I'm as concerned about in the ones I've always also uh, recorded already. Um, And that's with Elliot Morgan because we just, we got a little too stoned on that episode and I don't do that in most podcasts and whatever. We'll get to that one when it comes. I don't even know if it's listenable yet. But let's come back around to me, Mitchell Davis, and Kanye West, and the nature of uh, being problematic. Because uh, the other you know, factor of this was I, I had a, a wonderful, very kind listener um, write me a letter. I, I've actually gotten really amazing messages from uh, people on this. Some of them are from friends I actually know, some of them from, uh, actually know, you know, personally already in my life and in physical IRL, some from, uh, people on the internet from, some from complete strangers. And the messages have been really wonderful. Like, it's very exciting to think, uh, you had some impulse and some intention to create a sense of connection and possibility and, and community, maybe even a, a less of a loneness, you know, something that would have helped you, uh, and finding that that's happening, that some people, are finding resonant voices and spirits that make them feel less alone. And truly, uh, I mean, as my friend Elliot Morgan has said, you know, uh, he said, uh, God, it was really beautiful. He said, like, he thinks perhaps all we are here to do is walk each other home. And I love that. I think that's so beautiful. This idea that we talk about empathy and sympathy, right? That all we're really meant to do is be here with each other and for each other. And so the fact that this pod, based on some messages I've gotten, these conversations have already created a little bit more of that in the universe makes me very happy. Big deep breath in a Zuga LaCroix. The scary part about entering an arena that is so sensitive, uh, that is so personal to people's experiences, is uh, the the concern that you would overstep bounds, that you would be harmful when you're trying to be helpful, that you would be uh, 
a bad thing when you're trying to be a good thing. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to start a cooking fire or or a little bonfire to be warmed by and, and you end up burning down the village or, or just burning somebody terribly. You know, I mean, that gets in a whole moral thing. What if you do successfully warm everybody in town and, and cook a meal for everybody in town, but one person gets burned beyond repair? You know what I mean? Like, was that good? Would you Should you have not done it all in the first place? You know, whatever. That's morality enough for me to figure out. I don't think the answer to morality is a mathematical equation. Do you know what I mean? Like one person, for 10,000 people or whatever. I don't think it works like that. Um, But I'm getting abstract a little bit too early, too fast. Anyway, the weird theme that made me choose to do this one next to just go right into it had to do with this idea of being problematic. So the combination of Kanye taking his heel turn, deciding to say outrageous stuff uh, that really hurt a lot of people, that really has disregarded the experience of black Americans and uh, just so many people who uh, have been afflicted and marginalized and him kind of God damn it, that is a thing that disgusts me in general, this pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of thing. Ironically, his poopity scoopity song to me, like if he hadn't had this genuine heel turn, like immediately I would have been like, this is hilarious satire. This is brilliant. This beautiful production around a beautiful spiritual song saying like, pick yourself up by the feet, which is the common refrain of conservative ideology, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and this glorious sort of uh, attitude around it in the production in the background of this poopity scoopity song suggesting like, oh yeah, it does sound good. Just pick yourself up by the feet. Pick yourself up by the feet or whatever, you know? And then he just goes, oh my God, here he goes. He's going to go on top of this. This is going to be so MAGA, you know? This is going to be so like conservative. Pick yourself up by the feet. Wow. And I might actually buy it because that sounds so good. And then he just goes, poop diddy scoop diddy. Scoop Scoopity poop, scoopity poop, you know? And you're like, wow, that's some fucking satire right there. That is so smart. They get this whole background, this whole fascist, like beautiful spiritual production. And then on top of it, what are they saying? Nothing. They're saying shit. They're saying scoop up this fucking poop. Scoop up this shit. And and you're like, man, if he wasn't going so ham on the other stuff, and he was just still the Kanye we've known, you'd be like, damn, damn Kanye. That is very subtle and very clever. You know what I mean? And that's that's the artist I've come to know in Kanye. That uh, Kanye, as an artist, is someone who I've always felt is a true artist, which has led me down this whole path now of, of examining why do I expect my artists to be something that they're not? In the meaning, what they are is this el- electrical, this this lightning rod for society, right? These people who receive experiences and then spew them out, and all of his struggles and vulgarity and e- quote unquote egomania to me. Him going crazy, him saying, I'm Yeezus, and everyone being like, oh, what an egomaniac, I fucking hate that guy, why why isn't he humble, he thinks he's better than us because he's wealthy, in the circumstances he's under, like, when he says, I am a god, any other time in human history, if someone says, if someone were treated the way he was, if an Aztec individual was treated the way he is, he would be a god, they would consider that a god, and there's something to me that is like, a sane person's response to the things he has thrown at him, the power and attention and money and whatever just for being himself, you should go crazy. The sane response is to turn into a maniac who can't stop being like, I'm a god, you know, and doesn't know how to handle it because he's just a person, you know? It's almost like insane. It's way weirder when these people we treat like demigods, these celebrities, are just so humble. Like, there has to be something in that that you go, what? Wait a minute. How are you? 
you're lying on some level because you know you're being treated differently. You know everyone's treating you like something better than everyone. And I don't know, it just gets into this thing. You know, I just, I've just always felt his honest, raw, ragged struggle with humanity, malehood, uh, just, just being in this realm as a creative, you know, listening to it, uh, his whole evolution through every album has just been so real. And the most, I don't know, I've loved it. Mitchell and I get into it a little bit later about some of the stuff. And then this all happens, you know, this all happens and I have to face this thing where I'm like, I guess, why do I expect, I started thinking to myself after being like, oh, Kanye's canceled, RIP St. West, you know? And it took me a few days of being like, well, hold, hold on, why do I expect my ragged, wild artists, these people who have always fed back to me stuff that's vulgar and crazy and whatever, but true in some sense, or trying something out, responding to their environment, being like this lightning rod of humanity, why do I expect them to somehow then be thoughtful, careful, political leaders who have perfect vision of the universe or who go along. He's always been this anti, you know, this anti-social individual against the grain. And and what's interesting is, I guess, uh, facing my liberal and leftist sort of ideals and hegemony in my culture, you know, in my experience, in my community, realizing that, you know, I've always been the supporter of the voice that stands up. When Kanye got up at award shows in the past, and everyone would go, I was amazed to see how many of my friends who I would consider liberal leftist people who would say, never let someone silence your voice, never tell somebody to sit down. Kanye sees injustice in the way that uh, he feels him and other black recording artists are used by these shows to sell advertisements, to sit them in the front row and whatnot, and then, you know, not give them the, the respect of the awards that they are acting like mean something you know they give those to their white artists and the people that like fit their whatever while you know you know what I mean like profiting off these people while not honoring them and acting like what they do isn't as legit as what like Beck or Taylor Swift does I was amazed to see how many like very liberal leaning friends I grew up with and people who were so quick to be like wow what an asshole what an egomaniac sit sit down you know if you saw that in a room, if you saw somebody get up to speak about something they were passionate about, and some, and you know what I mean, the instinct to say, sit down, shut up, is so gross, that's so fascist, you know what I mean? And so I guess I was facing it again, I, I, you know, I was thinking, look, here I'm doing it, <laughs> you know? I'm saying, A, he's got to be a political leader, and I, you know, I think, I think everybody, a lot of response is correct, a lot of response is you know, he doesn't really take into account what that is the reality of our culture now, that he carries this social social cachet, that a lot of people will listen to him, that the effect and, and harm of his words matters. And I end up falling on that side of the fence more than not. But I can't help but look at this thing of this thought about being problematic and and how do I reconcile when I love something problematic or or don't or find uh, some intellectual moral problem with something and then notice I don't feel it in my guts I feel that way a little bit about eating meat I've been vegetarian for periods of time I've also been a butcher and and I I don't think I can really find a true moral defense of eating meat um, you know, there's something about just being animals and our animal body and, you know, bacteria eat bacteria and other animals eat other animals without any problem. And, you know, we're all part of the cycle. Something's going to eat me one day, whether it's bacteria or bugs or worms or, or, you know, maybe I'll get eaten by a wolf. I don't know. 
you know, and that's just part of the circle of life. But in terms of morality involving sentience and compassion and things like that that I believe in, I don't know if there's really a defense, you know? I kind of come down being like, nah, it's just bad. But in my body, I don't feel that way, (laughs) you know? In my body, it just doesn't bother me. And I'm like, is this what being a bad person is? When I look at people who are what I perceive to be as evil, you know? Like racist, sexist, hateful, you know, bigots, whatever. Is that... Is that what being a bad person feels like? It just doesn't bother them? It just doesn't feel bad to them? It actually feels like nothing? I don't know. I don't know. This is being a person. This is the whole strange thing. All I know is I can do my best. And if people do tell me that I'm hurting them, damn, I'm going to stop and I'm going to think about it. Okay, so that's a really smooth segue into a a letter I'd like to share. I got a note from... um, somebody. Uh, I'm not going to say their name because I actually forgot to ask permission to say their name or not, and I don't want to do that, but we are supposed to have a, a longer discussion uh, at, uh, you know, once we're both through a couple of busy weeks, and um, hopefully we'll have some follow-up on this, but um, I want to especially bring it up because I do do the thing that they said again in this episode, and I can't guarantee if I do it or not uh, in future ones uh, because I've already recorded them and haven't listened through all of them yet, Um but I know at one point I've used the term, sorry, hold on, um, there's a pause here. <clears throat> I do know, I do know I use the term, and I know I use it colloquially all the time in my life, I use this word all the time, tribe and tribal, I use it, I reference tribal and tribe. And me and this person have yet to have um, a one-on-one talk, and I, I've asked to, and they've agreed, and they're, you know, being so nice to do this with me, because I want to have a deeper understanding of what they said. Uh, but here, I'll just I'll just read the note I received, and um, uh, the whole thing, so I'm not, I'm not going to just, yeah, whatever. Here's what they said. I am loving your podcast. Thank you. You have brought amazing insight and value to discussion and dialogue of mental health. I do have one criticism for you. I am having some troubles with your use of tribe and tribal. Now, I recognize your intent with the words in displaying the in and out group mentality within our society of history and modern climate. As an indigenous person, I find your use to be a little light given the uh, pardon me, I find your use to be a little light given the value used within context of modern Native America. Recognizing one's tribe goes beyond simply seeing and validating that person slash group. It's taking on the challenges, issues, roadblocks, successes, and representation of that group, even when they or you are not surrounded by them, physically, spiritually, or otherwise. I only point this out given you are a person whose aspects of identity afford you agency and privilege to set and change the narrative surrounding such terms and the usage in which they play a role. I recognize your intent. I just hope this can help you recognize your impact. Still love the podcast and will continue to listen. I didn't need to say the last part. That was a nice thing. I just was in a a rolling along. I'm not trying. Okay. So I thought about this. I thought, damn, this is a very thoughtful, kind thing. And I do think words matter. You know, it's a funny thing, this paradox, right? Is I'm like, I have two feelings about words that seem to be in in conflict with each other, where on the one hand... I hate when grammar Nazis or whatever, you know, people try to, the thing I say with Lily, right, well and good, why are you trying to use language as a way to stop us from communicating? Why are you using a dumb little fucking rule that was written in a book and agreed on by some people uh, to try to shut down what I'm saying or try to make me feel stupid or, or not listen to me when, you know, 
language changes. The word ask, right? Everybody likes to say ask, ask, let me ask you a question that sounds, you know, like uneducated or something like that. Well, ask was pronounced ax back in like the Middle Ages or whatever, and it became ask, and now it's ask again, and then, you know, it might be ax, it's turning into ax again. Language is alive and moving, and it's like a way of, you know, we, we vibrate uh, oxygen molecules between each other or whatever, air molecules, and you understand what I've said, and that's language, right? So people, on the one hand, I'm like, hey, let's not use words to stop e- understanding each other. Let's not look for little red flags to say, oh, what you said that, so you're this. Ah, at the same time, I, lo- I love poetry. I love words, you know? I think words are probably my favorite thing in the world. The beauty and power. When you can look at a poem and you can look at little scratchings on a page and they blossom huge thoughts and feelings and experiences inside of your heart and body, goddamn, if that isn't magic, I don't know what is, you know? That's a magical spell. And so I think words have a lot of power. And when certain words become contextualized in certain ways, you know, slurs and and hate speech and stuff, I think it's fucking important to not do that to people. I believe, you know, I know we like, like to, everyone likes to make jokes about trigger warnings and things like that, but I think those are valuable. If there's a little tiny thing that I can do, like not say this or say this instead of this, and it, you know, to not hurt somebody, then fuck, let's not do that. Let's, like this person says, everybody, you know, not just me making this podcast, right? Everybody who has some aspect of privilege, which we all have some aspect of privilege, you know, everyone has something at the very least. It doesn't matter. Just being alive in a person, this thing affords you agency and privilege to set and change the narrative surrounding such terms. That's beautiful. That is so true. We should have intention with the things that we say and do. So I just want to say initially, I you know I apologize if I if I offend, which you know, again that's this is my whole thing, right? I'm problematic. I I feel problematic just being a white male who is straight, you know, who grew up in America, basically Christian and and cishet. You know what I mean? Like I had I had it all laid out for me, and I still can't fucking hack it. You know, I still got this terrible fucking brain and barely know how to exist. And and uh, I I've always really. Uh, I don't know, I've, I've always been really attracted to uh, queer culture and stuff like that because I, my sexuality is confusing to me and my gender identity is confusing to me. I, I am afforded the privilege and luxury of being confused in the framework of something that's very easily accepted at the table, you know, that has a position of power for hundreds of thousands of years or whatever, and I'm, I'm not ignorant of that at all. So, you know, I... I want to do my best to walk through the world and be the change I want to see in it and and empower the unempowered and and uh just not not fuck with people you know what I mean not hurt people um but I'm gonna fuck up you know and things change and move around and whatever and so I'm gonna keep doing my best uh like so I was saying in this app I do say the word tribal again referring you know obviously just to this I've always used the word for me like they understand very kindly. I just, I'm going to try to look for something else to say to mean my family group, you know, my gang, my, uh, my, uh, group I identify with along some similar communal aspects, you know, my teams, whatever my associations. Um, but I do think, uh, native Americans are an incredibly, uh, marginalized and affected people. And I don't want to fucking do anything that takes away from that story or encroaches on it or in any way sort of diminishes that experience of first people, uh, first nations people in America. I mean, like 
it's it's all obvious you know like there there's there's not really a more wronged uh uh group uh of in in this country you know um they were all murdered by the people who came here to steal their shit you know uh so that's really fucked and i can't help but you know that's horrible i don't know i feel like here i am another white man i get to be part of that legacy uh i'm getting a little bit too ridiculous here maybe I don't know. I'm doing my best. I'm going to keep doing my best. And I think <laughs> coming back around to Kanye West and things that are problematic and loving things that are problematic. I don't know what to do with it. Maybe part of the reason I liked it was because I was always felt like, man, I'm I'm problematic. You know, I'm I've got these demons, too. I've got a I've got like a boy's attraction to violence and horniness and I get all that. I grew up in that. I have that in my body. You know, I have this legacy, this social history of being the oppressor. And uh, I know that because those qualities are mean to myself, you know, like those feelings of don't act girly or don't act gay or or don't act weak or overcome your problems or fix them. Just fucking do it. Pick yourself up by the bootstraps. Well, you know, it's taken me a long time to unpack that stuff and know that it's poopity scoopity, you know, scooping up poop. And so I appreciate somebody else in the public eye uh, on some level. I, I have compassion for this individual who's constantly breaking down and expressing things so wildly in moment to moment, like they're just trying to work it out because that resonates with my experience. And Man, this this take culture we live in is really tough. Like, you got to have a hot take all the time. You got to have a team. Most people say one thing and you know every other opinion they're going to have based on the one thing they said. You know where they are. The feed. Me me and Tony used to talk about it. My, my friend Tony, you know, that this thing, it feeds on you and we feed it. And we literally call it the feed on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And it's just this thing, this carnivorous entity. And we're all part of it. You know, that's culture. That's this thing. And maybe that's always what it's been, a thing that eats up some people and other people are, are in the, they're in the ones that are eating the things up and getting full and fat and overpowered on it. And man, it's just a mess. It feels like this hurricane of pinball machines. I'm getting worked up. This is a lot. Uh, anyway, this is, I know this is coming in hot. I, I just want to say thank you again to my, my uh, you know, this listener who sent that message. I'm going to do my goddamn best. We talked a little bit more um, about that. We are going to be having a conversation. And, and maybe, you know, after we talk, I'll see how they feel, if they would be interested in uh, doing a little mini-sode or something uh, and talking to me more about this stuff. Uh, I'm actually into the idea of talking more to listeners because I've had some people reach out about that too, about their experiences as well, not just my friends who I might know in media or in my personal life. But, you know, I'm interested in hearing the story of different people who are out there across this uh, this whole world that might hear it. So um, I don't really know what the fucking point of this opening was. It was just that uh, I guess life, being a person is hard and uh, I implore everybody to do their best at it uh, and I fail often and I may have failed in this opening and I don't I don't know. This is the realest me that I can be. And if I lost some of you, I am sad. That sucks. And if I have given some of you some new thoughts, that's cool. And whatever it is, I'm just, uh, all we can do with our good, bad brains is keep listening and trying and 
probably just doing our fucking best to do more helping than hurting, you know? And uh, so that's me. And that we're going to get into all kinds of stuff in this episode. Mitchell, uh, I want to take a moment to just talk about Mitchell. He's just wonderful. I met Mitchell through internet stuff. You know, we met in very strange and cool circumstances of, of, of the, the whole YouTube thing. Of, and that's the, the, some of the first jumping off and themes that we get into is this idea of the projected self, the version that you are received as and, and who you feel you are, your relationship to that person on the screen or for other people and then yourself. And um, it might feel, you know, we talk about acting a bit, uh, you know, it might get a little inside baseball in terms of that, but I feel those experiences um, are analogous, are, you know, nice little metaphors for uh, all of us. I think everybody feels uh, some conversation or difference between their projected and potentially performed self and and the self that they feel they are. And you're always having this conversation and this struggle to align those things. And uh, again, I guess that's one of the things I appreciated about Kanye West my whole life and why, I mean, I can't stop talking about it. I know nobody can stop talking about it, but I feel very deeply connected to this person who's suddenly out there like being a, like this fucking psycho and like supporting fucking people who think white supremacists are very fine people. Fucking our dumbass president. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's a really wild time. It's a really weird time that we're living in, in America and in technology and the world. And, uh, just try to be good to each other. Okay. Back on track. Mitchell, my dear friend who I adore. And hopefully will forgive me for this terrible intro because I think he'll appreciate the madness that we're all experiencing. as one of the people who has been a voice for our, our bodies outside of our own, uh, has a total breakdown and, you know, there is a concern there mental health wise too, you know, uh, who knows what he's going through. He's been open about the fact that he's on opioids and whatever. And, uh, I don't know. It, we have reactions to the artists who resonate with us when they're out there in the world because we're like, well, I thought you were me and now you're doing something that is not me. I think it's actually evil what you're doing. Why are you doing that? Stop doing that, please. And that's, I guess, the relationship we have to ourselves sometimes out there doing evil things, this projected version versus me. Damn, I'm fucking spicy today. I don't know. I don't have to tell you. So Mitchell and I talk about that. Uh, again, I'm sorry. I do use the word tribe again. I don't, I just mean it as the, the team thing. I'm going to, I'm going to fix it though. Uh, I'll, I'm going to look for something new and hopefully my friend will have a, a, explain to me a little bit more of the context and what those words mean and do. I'm trying. I want to understand. I really do. I'm always trying. And uh, what else? I wrote some notes here. We're talking about crying, uh, emotion control, the sort of like bodily, physical responses we have to crazy internal, mental, emotional, intellectual experiences and that weirdness. Uh, we talk, yeah, he talks about his OCD a bit and uh, just like neurological systems exhaustion. And I'm sure things that you're all experiencing now. So I'm just going to. Pump the fucking brakes on me and my good bad brain and uh, ask you to please enjoy the lovely, the wonderful, the the, the wild. Oh, and you know, it kind of is appropriate. I'm so spicy right now because this episode starts spicy. For some reason, this episode just couldn't, I couldn't stop fucking up. Like I come, like we recorded 13 or 14 minutes before I realized I hadn't pressed the record button a second time. And so I think I opened this episode with an expletive. Uh, but hey, I think that's like appropriate for where we're at right now. This one's a little rocky. This one's a little wild. You know what I mean? Um, and it happens a few times and I think I smoothed it all out eventually and whatever. That's fine. So enjoy this episode. 
episode with the wonderful, the uh, the galaxy brainy, uh, the sensey, and very talented, multi-hyphenate creative force that is Mitchell Davis. And um, yeah, I hope uh, I hope any of that made sense. I hope you're still with me. <laughs> Uh, well, this is the real My Good Bad Brain. Hope you accept it. All right. Enjoy the app. Okay. <laughs> Mother fuck, dude. That, that was happens, some good but... shit. Oh, pff. that was some good shit. We'll never recreate that <laughs> shit. Are you kidding? That peel out that everyone missed? Which is sounds like you're making a joke. That sounds like a very like Mitchell bit, too. Yeah. There was a drag race outside the it apartment a just a minute ago. I wish we recorded it. But it really happened. <laughs> Hi, this is my good bad brain, and I just heard the we we we've 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 already been chatting for a little bit. I feel good. Let's I feel good. We're gonna keep going. I mean, like here's the thing. Here's the thing. The conversation never stops. Wait a second, though. I want to say again, we, yeah. since they didn't hear me. Best intro ever. Please put that on iTunes. Oh, the song? Yes. Oh, yeah. We should talk about that again. Yes. Let's. Oh, my God. This is so meta. We're just going to redo our whole spontaneous yeah. conversation. Hey, this is like the podcast world, though. Every once in a while. Yeah. Check. Make sure it's I'm checking again. Yeah. It's rolling now. Now you know, we're getting tuned. You know. This, this is like the world I've been living in for 10 years, though, man. Like recreating things that are like kind of fictitious. I mean, that's. Oh, my God. We're going to get deep into that. Vlogging I mean, YouTube. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, weird. For you, when I, when I, I think about people may have on the show I definitely like kind of think about them and, and kind of get a, a gestalt sort of uh, image in my mind of who they are to me and their their context and and then try to come up with like some theme that would be a jumping off point for us which you know we'll get to but like with you it definitely had to do with identity and yeah. uh, branding and uh, sort of presentation of self versus sense of self and and how that all then mixes in with like it's you're you're told it's your business, it's your practice, you know that kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, so we'll get there. Oh, for but I just sure. want to re <laughs> do real life. <laughs> yeah, no. So we uh, we discovered that we have a mutual friend. Yeah, just because you follow his photo. The, the, oh, say the theme song. The yes. theme song was made by me and my uh, my really really good friend Coda, who I had no idea who it was. Who had no idea who he was. Didn't know it was a musician. I just said I follow someone named Coda on Instagram who takes really amazing developed photos, like these yeah. over double exposures. Yeah, that was suggested to me that I just really loved. I go, oh, yeah, that's Coda. Yeah, I was like, what a. Then <laughs> you're like, that's the yeah. same person. Yeah, he's just a beautiful, brilliant man. See, but it just again proves to my theory that like the wavelengths, we're all like. It's like a we're in a tide pool and it's just like yeah. slowly putting yeah. us together. Co- co- a tide pod pool. A tide pod pool. T- uh, <laughs> Don't eat it. We are we are a dolphin pod of we are a tide po- we're a tide pod. We are a tide dolphin pod all together. Hashtag. And well, because then we were like, well, that's so weird that a you didn't even know his main thing is being a musician, but you know about his fo- photography. Fo- photography. He photographies <laughs> and. That's weird. And then I was like, do you think that there's some kind of force akin to gravity that sort of attracts us to each other? And you said. I don't remember. <laughs> eh, you said something about wavelengths that like. You oh, said like, you oh, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was saying I definitely think that there everybody is uh, like we're we're beaming and we're like kind of vibrating quietly on this wavelength. Everybody's on a different wavelength. And I think. When you are on the same one as someone else, you just kind of slowly are attracted to that person. Yeah. Like it, it just kind of happens it's naturally. You, you all sort of find this place you click into. Yeah, I mean, it's just like again, I just I I imagine a wave of water, and it just kind of slowly puts you in. Like it 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 
let you kind of just drift there and you don't even realize you're there around all these people until you're there around all these people. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, in that sense, I feel like incredibly fortunate. I mean, that's part of like the part of the stimulus for making this podcast was I was just like, damn, I looked around my group of peers and acquaintances and friends and I was like, holy shit, like this is, I don't think it's normal to be surrounded by this many brilliant people, like <laughs> unique people, seeking people, struggling people with, you know, I was ta- I was actually talking to one of my friends, actually Coda's girlfriend, Monica, who's also a genius and she uh, writes uh, and creates this show Batch that's on uh, Go90 with Awesomeness. It's an all female uh, sketch comedy group that is all written by all women now this last uh, couple seasons on like sixth or seventh season. They're just really funny, really brilliant. You need to um, check this out. You got it. It's so good. But uh, she she and I, were t- we were talking about like these brilliant people that we're all close to. And I was like, you know, I do think there does seem to be some kind of thing with like mental, you know, illness or something, challenges or whatever, you know, whatever in people who are really brilliant, like who are really. And I was like, I think it's because it's like you have race car brains <laughs> and like you, you can't drive a race car around this. A race car is not a Honda Civic, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't drive it every day and not without consistent, constant maintenance, like taking it into the shop because like on a Ferrari or whatever, if you, you bump a, a speed bump or, or something like that, like that's a big you got to go like adjust. You're they're sensitive, they, yeah. they, you know, but if you take care of it, that thing fucking cooks, you know? And so I feel like a lot of the people who, you know, seem a little crazy or seem or have depression or have a million different things in their brains that seem a little weird are, are, are like, to me in a lot of ways, it's like, it makes me think of like those, those race car movies where like, they're trying to set the land speed record. <laughs> and when they get the, like that fastest Indian, the movie about Anthony Hopkins ra- racing motorcycles or something. And like, when you're getting as fast, you can't shake in and yeah. like bolts are flying off and you know? Yeah. Like, it, I mean, it did. I mean, it, it takes, there's something to be said about like the idea of like, it, it, it takes a lot of work to make good work you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and and like you're like you're saying that that feeling of just like that it's 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 so draining it's it's like that runner's high it's that feeling of just like you're doing it and there's nothing left and it's just it's just there's no way that this could keep going Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like that's that's when you're like you yeah. get in this groove. Yeah. And then you keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You like break through some spot and then it's like all of a sudden, I mean that, uh, and then I, just, I love this idea of the brain as the millennium Falcon, basically like this, this <laughs> hunk of junk that like, Oh, it goes fast and then breaks down consistently, but it goes fast. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, as a creative, especially freelancing and doing like yeah. strange little things and jumping from thing to thing, that's, that is how it is. And that's, honestly, that's how I like to present myself, is I like to be like, oh, when I go, I fucking go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Do you have that, like, um, uh, I was going to say feast or famine, but uh, definitely I have that in my life. But I feel I, I feel that in reverse. Feast or famine is something one tends to receive. <laughs> yeah. I feel like as a as a producting, producing entity, your brain, like, like it's either like, oh my God, we're on now. We got to capture all this shit that's going to pour out right now for a while because it might be dormant season again soon. Or are you like fairly consistent? Um, I think it depends on the project, yeah. honestly. I mean, most of the time though, I'm most of the time as soon as something is like a go is is started, I'm committed. Like it's yeah. you, you, even after the day is done, it's wrapped. I'm home mm-hmm. and I'm sitting on the couch. I'm still there. Yeah, I'm still working on that project until it is finished. Right. 
And I think that's also one of the reasons why some projects drive me fucking crazy (laughs) is because, you know, you live with them. They become they become another appendage on you for a while. And then you get so used to it and so normal with it that you're just like. Okay, how do I live without you now? Mm-hmm. You know, and and you don't want to. It, right, it becomes a comfort with the project. It's with a, the work. Yeah, it's a comfort of insanity. You know yes. what I mean? It's just like this little <sighs> tiny ball of lightning that I choose to keep in the corner. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Wait, th- that is that to you? That that's the creative spark, or that is the specific project? Like, what do you associate that ball of lightning with? I think that's the project at the time where mm-hmm. it's like, ooh, I finally caught one, and I think. A normal person would be like, that was really pretty. Did you see that shooting star? And I'm like, oh, I, I put a lasso on that motherfucker. I love and that. And it's in a jar. Wow. And I'm going to keep it. That's cool. Because that also, that, that's, uh, that resonates with me, especially like I always have considered creative work to come from outside of me. Oh, geez. Am I allowed to cuss on this? I just Thanks, realized, fucking shit, okay. whatever. <laughs> I just realized I said put a mask on. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> on that motherfucker. Um, yeah, but I think I just Do you feel, know what I mean? I've always considered, I've always found creation, I think, comes from outside. I, th- I think the best creation is also the creation that's uncomfortable, is the, the creation where the, you, you, you weren't, you weren't expecting to do it until you were like, oh, that's a passion. Yeah. That's in here. That's bouncing around in here too, mm-hmm. because those are the ones that like. They, uh, that they, sounds like a, that's a, that's like if you something new you didn't expect yeah, like a new they discipline sne- they or something. Sneak up what, on do you. Do you have one of those? I mean, I think for me it was. I, I mean, YouTube is a great example as yeah. it, uh, it snuck up on me. I mean, it sure. still can. I still consistently say, you know, you. I just made a react video of me watching my old video, and I Ooh. point to my old self, and I'm like, you did this to me. You did this. Oh, wow. And it was kind of as a joke, but it was also a very real moment where I was just like, you made all the decisions as to why I'm here, here, right here. Because that I'm, boy in those videos. Yeah, because that boy was harnessing this lightning, that that idea. And he still yeah. is. And it still is like the the residual energy from that is still kind of radiating around me. Of that kid. Of that kid. You don't, do you identify with that kid? Definitely, for sure. I think- still? Uh, yeah, I just, I like to think of it kind of like a candle where it's like, I've just got so many more layers now on top of me. Yeah. That like re-dripping. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's in there. He's, he's definitely in there, but like it's, it's evolved so much over time not because I was trying, but just because that's what time does erosion. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, that I just have, you know kind of flexed and formed and yeah it, but it definitely was like the wire framing something i struggle with in general is like existentially i guess embodiment just embodiment mm-hmm. and i talk about it a lot here <clears throat> one thing a lot of people hate who are uh e- even even in media even like even performers whatever who are on camera or <clears throat> on mic all the time you have that initial reaction. You hear, you know, you hear a voicemail that somebody that you left for the first time, and you're like, "Oh God, that's what I sound like," you know, or like you, you edit, you edit, a, you see yourself on camera. You're like, "That's oh, you know, it's weird. It's like yeah. an uncomfortable feeling, like like because uh, we never see ourselves from the third person. Like it, there's times, you know, I see the back three quarters of my body on uh, screen, and I'm like, "Whoa, what the fuck?" Like I wouldn't recognize myself. Yeah. You. Know? Um, you start like your first big creative outlet was was vlogging yeah which is you alone filming yourself and then editing yourself yes um i'm just gonna present my 
experiences that are my jumping off point to try to understand this. When when I've edited things, it took me, it was a learning curve for a while, but now when I edit things that I'm in, including like narrative things, like films I've been part of, producing or something like that, I um, dissociate. Like I always talk, like the the reason I thought is because when you're talking about those React videos and you're saying seeing him, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing you, you when you're younger. And, and that's, I learned very quickly the easiest ambassador for me to work is is it's him. It's it's that guy on the screen. It's not me at all. Even yeah. we just shot it ten minutes ago. Yeah. So do you have what is your relationship to yourself as a character as, as a like thing that's now in a framed? Yeah, I was okay. I actually was just talking about this with someone because they were freaking out about hearing their voice for the first time. Yeah. And I laughed at them. I was a little drunk. We, we just got back from a bar. And I just jokingly from across the room said, I've been listening to my voice for 10 fucking years. <laughs> and she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I've been edit. I, I accidentally knew, found out what my voice sounded like before it changed. You know, like yeah. I've been dealing with this for a minute. Like it doesn't even phase me. Mm-hmm. Like, the I remember when that concept became a thing. I was like, "You don't know what that looks like for you." I know what everything looks right. like. I've edited me to the point where I've tried to look old or shot or mm. you know this or that or the other, and it was just so, sorry. You just it, you tapped on something where it was just like I am so self aware of like all those little things. Like even there, I think I notice ticks that don't even exist. That in yeah. in my own edits where I'm like, do I always do that? <laughs> or was yeah. that just this video? Shit, am I thinking about it? Wait, am I doing it right now in real life too? Um, yeah. And I don't even want to say them because then they'll be noticeable. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, but I think I get that. Keep yeah. going. This is really interesting to me. But um, uh, I'm sorry. The question. So the question just, was. Just that relationship with yeah, you to that guy. I definitely think that, that, that I do associate. I know that it's me, but I know that it's. A version of me, especially the younger videos, it's a version of me that's not, it's not fully formed. And he's also, look, it's not a character. That's the one thing that I, I really, I can never press enough with people is everyone is, why can't you bring old Live Lava Live back? Live Lava Live. Why can't you bring it all back? And it's like, because I can't bring, that's like asking me to time travel. Mm. I can't do that. Yeah. That was a, I was ex- that was my experience through the eyes of a 20-year-old Mitchell. I'm a 28-year-old Mitchell now, and I can give you an idea of what it'll be like now, but uh, I can pretend to be 20, but that's unauthentic, and I don't want to be unauthentic. This isn't a show. I'm not a character. I'm a person. The guy on screen, again, going back, I always say, that's still me, but it's me, 10% like wilder Mm. like whenever i see a camera it's like okay live lava live the difference between mitchell davis and live lava live is there's a 10 percent of just like wild factor wild card just Mm. like oh okay you want me to do live lava live okay so there's a little bit of energy and anything goes and I mean, and I tried to showcase that a lot with old sketches. I really tried to solidify that when I did sketches with Kyle Seibert uh, in like the early, you know, middle, middle-ish of the sketch days of Live, Lava, Live, because I really wanted to get across this point that it's like, okay, I'll be a character, but it's just a character that's based off of me, that's 10% higher, that believes that, yeah, you can use a computer without a keyboard, or yeah, 
you can write notes on toilet paper and that's yeah. totally normal. And you can actually, you know, get into an argument with someone about it because you're, you believe in it. I, it, it do you act? Um, I mean, I, I have and yeah. I do. I, I didn't didn't mean to. I never was going to be an actor. And then I started working with New Form and they yeah. they kind of. That's right. Started doing all the. Because well, like, what you just described is resonates with the best acting advice i the best i I think acting instruction i ever received which is that which is do you want to hear what my best acting advice was it was from jack ferry um and we were driving in the car jack ferry directs is a great director yeah he's a he's a a streamy award-winning yeah he is which is so cool he's great also uh popcorn obviously popcorn my podcast co-host check it out yeah um but uh he 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 kind of taught me the ways because he was producing all the stuff at he he taught me the ways of method acting and i i didn't realize that i was kind of already doing it right that's basically and what you're doing. yeah and all of a sudden i realized oh and now i can do it and when i get to pretend to be someone else it's even easier for me now yes where now like the the, the going back to the him when it's him mm-hmm. and it's someone else if they put me in just like you just put a little foundation on me like I like to say it's the makeup mask. Once that's on me, yeah, I'll be whatever you need. Oh yeah, and it is. I'm like, I will go until like I don't even realize that I am physically dead until they are cut, done, and I'm home, and I'm like, oh my god, my legs are on yeah. fire. Um, I, I totally, yeah. Uh, acting is something that I'm probably I'll probably dedicate an episode to. I had some requests back when I was asking for suggestions. To do it. I think acting is a weird thing to talk about because... Dude, my first acting gig was with you. Was I just that realized that. Yes. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. You're yes. great at that. Dude, my music, that was... The Fine Bros... Oh, week. no, my music. Not Fourth Door. Oh, My yeah, music. Of my course. Music. Fucking yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was my first ever... The Fine Bros asked me. Yeah. They were like, do you want to make a cameo? Um, And I had just been... I yeah. just recently started hanging out with Grace, and uh, she got an Airbnb out in Los Angeles, because she lived in New York at the time. And I, li- I still lived in Ohio. Yeah. And and I came out I and stayed that. with her, and I remember being so fucking nervous. Yeah, that um, makes sense. But again, they turned me into that, you know, punk, right. and it was just so like on the nose, be a punk. And I was just like, oh, I get this. Mm-hmm. I get to. That's I, a really great environment to get exposed because it's so for, it's so like forgiving and generous, and they were fun and like, and that show was like. It was just fun. You I just also, get to dive the fuck in and be goofy. And I hate that I can't remember his name, but who who played hit the hipster? The main hipster. Adam Bush. Uh, I loved working with He's him. He's wonderful. I I literally like I hadn't talked to him in a little bit. We we stayed close. He's one of those friends that like that thing we, we were saying like uh, <laughs> when we started this in the middle. Was the conversation resumes. Conversation never stops. <laughs> I, I just think that's a life principle for me. Is conversation never quits? You know. Yeah. And that like um, certain people in your life. I think the best kind are the ones who are like on their own journeys and you might see each other once in a blue moon, like ships in the night or whatever. Mm -hmm. Every time you do conversation just picks up and then you leave and there's no like, where you been? What's going on? In the sense of like, Hey, where have you been? It's just like that. And I was literally driving, I was leaving. There's this rock climbing gym I go to in like Hollywood. And I was like driving from there to my office and I saw, I was like, that's Adam Bush passionately speaking into not a phone. He like, I could see the headsets, but he was like talking, you know, with his like seat jacket on. I, and I texted him like a second. I was like, Hey, did I just see you yelling into uh, a phone headset on, you know, Santa Monica? And he was like, yep. And, uh, it was just like so perfect. Like that, that's how, so he's going to end up on this thing, but he, he like, I'm sorry, you just triggered a lot of thoughts because 
I met him on my music too. My music and that show was my first exposure to YouTubers and stuff. And what you described about when the camera turns on, right? You'll like you'll perform till you're dead or whatever. Yeah. Um, I do think so. The re- my hesitation to talk about acting is just because it, it feels like inside baseball sometimes. But I think acting for people a lot of people who have some mental stuff existential stuff are attracted to it like high school acting classes and things like that drama programs I think are so important not because people to train actors we don't we don't need more actors <laughs> but like and most people won't even ever become actors but because it teaches you how to do a few things uh, at its most basic level, how to stand in one place in front of a lot of people and speak truth. Yeah. That's very hard to do, especially as a teenager. But more than uh, the deeper one for me is start interacting with that existential question of who am I? What makes me who I am? How malleable is that? How much am I just characteristics that I've taken on and points of view and whatever and what's true? You know, that it starts to open up those questions. And I think I backed away from theater a little bit, especially theater, uh, because unconsciously, I think it just became closer and closer to a pagan religious practice, like a, a voodoo kind of thing Interesting. for me. And I think what you just described, you know, again, in woo-woo stuff. So this is one of the things that got deleted from our pre-convo oh, yeah. um, that we messed up was we were talking about um, that wavelength thing you were talking about. And, you know, one could argue very easily, uh, you know, and scientifically that like, well, maybe that attraction has to do with a lot of subconscious signaling factors in terms of aesthetic you choose, ways you live your life, opinions you hold, professions you're attracted to. And so we all kind of like float towards those. And that's how we find each other because of common interests. Yeah. But to me, like there's a certain point of like, well, why don't we just, you can just say wavelength. And that's like an easy shorthand for all of that evidentiary sort of like forensic examination of it. And that to me is a lot of woo-woo stuff is like, let me just get a shorthand. And so with this uh, theater thing, with this idea of like a religious practice or whatever, uh, the invocation of spirits, like allowing ghosts and demons and whatever to come in and take over your vessel and take it for a ride for a little bit. And you say things and do things and think things that you wouldn't as you, but as this character, you know, there's an aspect of like the makeup thing you said makes a huge difference too. Like you put a wardrobe on and then that makeup there's something about like I'm, I've painted my face I've replaced my skin yeah. with someone else's I mean and and I'm not even meaning like heavy makeup no, I no, just no. mean like foundation I just mean like yeah. the idea of like oh look I actually look like a guy who slept last night yeah you know that, what I mean that, that creates this to me there's something I mean if you took it if you made it a Celtic religious practice with druids and you're like they paint their faces and then they get in this big circle in front of a lot of people and then they call down spirits and they do these like speeches yeah. you're like that's worth theater comes from that's where movies and storytelling comes from and sometimes i think spooky things can happen and the spooky thing is i guess as spooky as your mind will let you get like i know i know that i i did a this ghost movie this like you know and we were in this like house that was arguably haunted i don't know but i remember like i there's a scene that was supposed to be and I and I literally just went up into a dark area of the house and like asked for help. I was in the scene. I was like, "Hey, I don't. This scene's being weird, and I don't really know. Uh, I don't know. I don't feel in it, and because I was supposed to be like really scared and mess some crazy shit mm-hmm. just happened or whatever." And 
I felt it just instantly a response came like from the house, from the things there. And I just felt like this, like this like dread kind of this whole thing that just sucked into my body through my spine and totally could have been made up and part of my practice and my psychological, whatever I needed to do. Yeah, but you were there mentally, man. I just went, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I like ran down the stairs and we did the scene and I felt, I felt good about it. It was good, I feel. But either way, that weirdness mm-hmm. of that that people do so casually now as soon as a lens is upon you you've created this layer of examination with vlogging or whatever and then if you're doing it on your own alone literal self-examination yeah you know and then when you get into the acting thing like that is a thing i i have felt for sure with acting is when you take on a personality suddenly yeah you'll you sometimes you don't give credit to it till you are at home and your legs are burning like you said and you're like whoa i guess i was really like physical today in a way my body usually isn't i mean okay a great example was uh i mean i wasn't in the show a lot but i was painted red a lot for oscars hotel yeah and um i just I look back on that and just, I I have photographs on my phone of just like where my skin was like breaking and burning and just like so many things, you know, like I was, I was sleeping like four hours a night. I had to buy a new couch because I stained it red. Well, that too, when people don't give a lot of credit, I mean, we're not talking about fucking coal mining here. You know, I understand that when we say like acting's harder. Oh yeah, no, please, woe is me. (laughs) To to be, to be uh, true, truthful about it, those, that's why I'm... I think a lot of us are attracted to this gig lifestyle because of this, because we have like brains that like that intensity, like that lightning. You were talking about that ball lightning that you stick in the corner. Intensity that's like nonstop. I mean, if I could be on a set, like have a call to set in any capacity every day of my life, I'd be so happy. Yeah. But those are 12 hour days. They're so weird. They're they're that weird kind of um, hurry up and wait energy that is like bizarrely taxing psychologically. And see, okay, let me ping on that a little bit. That is something that I didn't realize was going to be a thing is that you're on set and it's hurry up and wait. And you know what happens when you hurry up and wait? You're in your own head all fucking day. Yeah. And that is something that I was not prepared for in the sense of like going from YouTube vlogging where it's just like I can just sit and talk to a camera for two hours and then cut it up into the best 20 minutes mm-hmm. where it's like oh no I'm on set for 12 hours and I have two lines and I have to get them right yeah I've got to say oh, these dude, things and that I was just saying that today I, I've been doing these like one line bits for a batch and uh, I was talking to my my buddy James and we're like we're like if you have one line Two lines. It's way harder than it's pages way, of dialogue. I, I would rather have pages than just one line because then as soon as that line happens and it cuts to you, I mean, I don't think there's a, a more weird feeling. <laughs> even, yeah. I mean, even if it's like, it, it's just like, well, you, it just feels, it's like forced, fake, real, fake, real kind oh, of oh, conversation yeah. yeah and your it, brain is instantly trying to like make sense of reality and you're like what's reality and there's um and to you, me it's like you know you know if you're sitting and sometimes especially if you're high or something like that yeah. and a word just stops making sense okay, like that is a great way to describe what it feels like that is what it is because it also what's so weird is you you are this is what i hate too when it's a one line thing and you you know the line before and the line after so you already kind of feel superhuman in the frame like yes. I'll be standing there and I'll hear the person say it and I'm like, now I'm supposed to act surprised and go, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know what I mean? That was very good. I wish I had video of that. But like, that's the truth because it's like, I could mouth me going, 
oh, you're surprised. Like, I know that. And it's it's weird. It's forced deja vu. It's like. It's forced deja vu. It's so strange, you know, this man. Thing, I think I might have talked about it in here. I'm going to talk about it. I learned about it called jamais vu. Have you heard of this? What is it's that? It's the opposite of deja vu, where deja vu is the sense that you've been somewhere that you haven't. Jamais vu is the sense, is the, Amnesia. I've never seen someplace <laughs> that I am. Yeah. But that it can suddenly happen. Like the same way deja vu will hit you, that you'll, you'll be like, I intellectually know I'm in my hometown. I drive down these streets every day. I know where I, this is my home. But the sense of it is like, where am I? Isn't that weird? That I didn't even know that was a thing. I know it's so cool. But now I want to read the whole Wikipedia article. Yeah, exactly. I want to know it's, it's that kind of a thing. Who, I want to know who was the person who was even like, I think I just experienced something new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, do, you know that that stuff, the the deja vu thing, like. I love the idea of deja vu. I love it. We've all experienced it. And that's one of those things when we talk about the woo-woo stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. like the sense oh, I, of like. I mean, like, yeah, it goes in there. Like, well, well. It's one of those things that I'm like, okay, before we knew what bacteria was, right? Before we knew bacteria, like, gave people colds and stuff, like, people would just suddenly feel bad, right? Yeah. And they'd be like, I don't know why I've been, I'm cursed now, and um, I'm dying because I'm cursed with this flu, and then maybe I'll die, maybe I won't. But that's all you knew it as, like, this, a curse, an illness falls over you. Yeah. And... And then we find out bacteria and we can explain it in some way that makes more sense. The actual thing that happens hasn't changed, but the mechanism is better understood. Yeah. You know? And, and uh, you know, maybe maybe there was some, some things people started to figure out like, oh, well, if we wash ourselves more, uh, the, the, oh, cleanliness maybe then is next to godliness and then we're not cursed. Like the devil can't visit us because we're godly, you know, and that's why we don't get sick. But really you were just washing your hands yeah. more and baptizing yourself and, and that was cleaning bacteria off. So, so then you get something like deja vu, something we've all experienced. Every human has experienced this thing. Like nobody goes like, you know, I've never had that happen. Everyone's like, oh yeah, deja vu. It's so weird to me that collectively all six billion of us, I mean, I'm sure not. I'm sure there's some studies out there of some people trying to figure it out, have just gone like, yeah, isn't that weird? Anyway. Yeah, no, okay. I, yeah, isn't that weird that the Matrix glitches sometimes? Yeah, anyway. Yeah, lo- that's- I'm ex- just not going to look at that. Yeah, just, okay, never mind. Put a blanket on it. Yeah. It's, it, no, man, I think about the, how many things in, in like the real world that are strange that are like, like- the the mystery lights in in Marfa Texas like things like that like yeah. just like all these weird little things that happen all the time that everybody is just like so like blind eyed to they're just like yep nope not I'm not ready for that right I'm not ready to even no that's what you have to do that's yeah. what that's what some people have to do just to survive just to cope you just go okay yeah not okay sure ah no space for that that was weird I had that experience with um I thrive I love those moments oh, yeah. oh, when yeah. I find those moments I want to like dig of until I can't well, but stop. See, I mean, that's, that's, that's who you are. I think that's that wavelength we're talking about. That's the kind of people we are mm-hmm. that makes us the, these weirdos. Do you watch Atlanta at all? Uh, I've uh, watched some of Atlanta. Okay, it's very good. Th- I think Darius's character, there's a character named Darius and that's him. Like there's a, there's a moment where he, there's a, the episode in season two where he asks, he's like, can I come in with you? And he was like, why? He's like, there's just a vibe about this place and I need to go in there. Yeah. And I'm like, that's me. Like, totally. I, I know that maybe I'm not supposed to be here, but I have to know what's going on. Well, to <laughs> me, that gets back to this, like, uh, this thing of like the race car brain, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's like a race car spirit or something too that, you know, we can't call it where it's just like, I'll, I'll be honest. A lot of the most creative people I know too, 
have this my good bad brain experience, which is like, I love the things it gives me and it makes my life so hard. And I think one of them to me is like our attraction to that in that inexplicable experience that like wanting to get into the nitty gritty of like what's between the building blocks of reality. Like what is behind it? Like I think is directly connected to some uh, degree to my, what I interpret as and feel as my inability to exist normally mm-hmm. and like this constant feeling of otherness and this constant feeling of like looking around at society and money and jobs and like life and going like oh you all think this is real why why don't i it's not real i don't know you're describing the movie uh obey right or um uh not obey uh what's the movie called where he's like when he sees the things oh they they live they live you're describing yeah. they live which is honestly as silly as it is, I remember when I saw that, I was like, it, this is so like on the nose what it feels like, though, when you yeah. want to be a, like a, an a quote artist yeah. and you look at the world like that scene where it, when she's like holding money and then it looks at it and it's just obey and yeah. you know, this is your God and shit yeah. like that. And you're, yeah. I mean, I mean, dude, I mean, some, I, like, people, like, some people are very fine, though, just being like. No, this is this is cool though. I'll just keep wearing well, these glasses. Well, 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 along with that very cool strangeness, like things that we just sort of like, yeah, that's normal, you know. It's fucking weird that yeah. the dollar bill has the all-seeing eye on it at the top of a pyramid. Not new Illuminati shit. Just just in terms of like bizarre occult iconography. Like, isn't that fucking weird? Like when you just think about it for a second, <laughs> like. Wait, isn't this a government document? Isn't this something that everyone thinks is just normal? Why is it covered in weird religious occult script? And we're all just like, yeah, that's just money. (laughs) Yeah. No. Okay, dude. Come on. That's weird. There's so many. Look, there is so many weird moments in this fucking world. Okay. This brings me back to if you want to talk about Illuminati. Okay. So this is an insane thing. I'm I'm wearing. I just got this sire Uh sweatshirt. Uh, It's dope. A Jaden Smith put out his new album, really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And in one of the lines, he's like, the Illuminati is real. I'll tell you all or something. Write a book about it. And I paused the music and I was just like, everybody's like nodding their head and being like, this is so cool. He just confirmed the Illuminati is real. And if anyone can confirm it, wouldn't Jaden Smith be able to? I do think th- that, that's so <laughs> I funny. Like- I saw Jaden Smith is obviously like a totally kooky spirit, but the, he, but like, like he, he put a post, I think it was him and his sister and, and with the caption, I saw the other on Twitter that was like, obviously looking so cool, you know, like yeah. such good as that. But also, and it said just like, um, uh, it said like life is a simulation or something like life is definitely a simulation, something like that. Some, and I was like, to be, I was like, I. It was the first time because I like that shit. I like his weirdness. I like his. I like, love it. I love his like. How can we see? How can we see? What is it? The eyes. How can we see with our eyes when we mirrors? Do you know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking it's about. The but famous I can't, tweet. I, yeah. It's so good. But like all that shit. I love that shit. But I was like, these are sort of the proclamations of uh, a god emperor boy king you know who has who has no just infinite resources like yes. the, the top of the fucking heap that you know if you had that and you were artistically inclined to, like probably you would turn into like fucking muadib you know what i mean that that's a, thank you and like i just keep thinking like he's he's in these crazy inner circles doing nothing kind of hanging out just yeah. taking it all in and now he finally 
he did he well, I mean he's he does things he's been doing things all the time but he he, he made an album he's doing it musically now yeah. sonically and that's awesome but it's just like the things he's saying I don't see why he would be lying well, I will say, I will say know, this. Like, well yeah lying I don't think he's lying I do here's what I would think because I experienced this not not that I'm from uh wealth at all but I think I've not prioritized money uh, much in my life. I've prioritized, or like normalcy, or or um, I shouldn't say money and normalcy. I should say uh, security. Mm-hmm. I should say I have prioritized because I didn't feel like I had a choice. It's just how my brain worked. Like pondering, being a human, seeing what being a human is about, getting being part of stories and adventures, and seeing what that shit is. So basically, just sitting and being, you know, yeah. and, or or going on an adventure and just being, and that being the focus. If you're Jaden Smith, if you have that life. That is inherently what you're there to do. I have this, I think I've established it here. I don't know. But I have this true, sincere belief that we live in a time in history when our bodies are still programmed with all this fear mechanisms to survive, like uh, the ice age and shit like that, which is how we came up with, which is very predatory and came up with all these economic systems like capitalism, whatever, and the need to work on all this shit. But now I think we can kind of see our spirit knows that, oh, we've gotten to a place that if we, it's not a resource problem, it's a distribution problem. And if we, there's enough for everybody to go around and be okay. And as automation kicks in in the next like couple decades, you know, 50 years, whatever, it's really going to be that. And, and, I, and I, to me, the state that our souls are meant to be in, like the true heart of the divine nature of humanity, is that all we are supposed to do is do what Jaden Smith is doing, is sit around, think about shit, like experience shit, make, make creative shit. Like that's really all we're meant to do. And that, and that there's some, something in the universe, like that is the purpose we serve. I used to think maybe, maybe the point of humanity as like in, a, in existence, as sentience, was just to produce love was just to produce this uh, sort of force that we don't have a way to describe but has to be made somewhere. The way like plants yeah. produce oxygen and the way like, you know, animals just help, you know, an animal, we as animals also help redistribute the energy of the sun through our shit and seeds and keep the whole biome moving. But I was like, is there anything unique to humans that we produce that comes just from our thoughts, our hearts, our psychic energies? So anyway, coming back around to what I was thinking about, I don't think he's lying. I do think the times that I spend more, I won't say in, I'll say in my head, but it feels outward. You know, the more mm-hmm. time I feel like moving into that psychological, psychic sort of energetic uh, mode of experiencing my reality, the more the notion of what's real gets wobbly. Yeah. And that I can start convincing myself or, or I don't I don't even know if I want to say convincing myself. I start seeing things or, or understanding things in different ways that... I wouldn't be lying if I told you that that was true. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's a, do you know know what I'm saying? But I couldn't tell you objectively what truth even would be. Definitely. I, I think that there's just, there's a comfort like, look, okay. There are people who like to like explore things and I like to, the way that there are some people who want to go as deep into space as they can or as deep in the waters they can. I want to go as deep in my brain as I can. Because you're a psychonaut. Because at well, because at the end of the day, it's like we're barely using most of this thing. It's inside of me. It's hanging out. It's controlling a lot. Everything. Like your whole perception. Yeah. And it's also like I mean, look, as much as it's like it's it's so conceited, it just it's so shady to be like everyone's life is like I'm living Mitchell's world and you're living Jared's world and right. everything. And and 
but that's true. And when you start to look inward and instead of using your eyes to look out and you just start like looking in in that void and the darkness and like that area that's kind of it's not it's not even that it's scary. It's just it's unknown. It's a mystery. But it's like it's the reason that I I want to keep diving into my own brain and go in there is because I want to find out. And I think like what Jaden Smith is doing is like you're saying, he's had the time to sit around and dive in there and dig around and and he hasn't had to clog it up with fucking money and um oh I need to worry about going to the grocery store and this and that. Like he literally just sat and didn't have to think about anything. Right. And he got to like there's a, cl- I feel like there's such a clarity to that. The con- like I, I, I've tweeted and I'll, I'll say it many times. I wish I had enough money that I never had to think about it again. That's my fucking goal in life. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to have to see it again. I fucking hate money. Yeah. I hate that it controls everything. It's it, literal. I mean, it's, it's paintbrushes could be made out of dollar bills. The craziest <laughs> thing to me, um, about uh, the money thing. I mean, we're going to be on the same page about this. Um, so we don't have a devil's advocate here to defend <laughs> Sorry. Uh, to defend money. Sorry, money. But um, the craziest thing is trying to talk to people uh, about this idea of money and being like, we should live uh, without money. Like we should move into a society where there's no money. That's what we should do. If we could restructure the whole thing and do it, that's what we should do. And that the, like people will, will literally sometimes be like, well, how would you pay for stuff? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And you're like, no, 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 no. I understand it's so deep in your paradigm of understanding. It's, that's what I'm that saying. It's everything so must be incentivized. We only operate from incentive. I was thinking today, potentially, because I, I, th- I, I credit uh, capitalism with the evil of the notion of incentive, the notion that I will only do something if I have a reason, uh, a cost uh, benefit analysis reason I to mean, do it, which is fucking bullshit in my experience and my experience of any other human in the world who has any kind of intrinsic interest in anything. People will do things because they're curious and passionate and, uh, and just for no fucking reason they'll do things, you know? But anyway... I was like, maybe there's an argument that the incentive thing comes out of a kind of natural selection uh, environment thing. Like this, like, you know, genes are selected for by nature because they're better at surviving. And that could be argued as like a kind of like natural law of incentive. I don't know. But I think that uh, the, the way that our potentially our vessels only exist to shuffle around energy from the sun for other uh, organisms, you know, I think our body might only be a here existing, surviving to shuffle around whatever the sort of divinity energy of consciousness mm-hmm. is that our vessel holds. Yeah. That like, it's just to keep the vessel alive and, and in attempting to keep the vessel alive sometimes really gets in the way of us experiencing our inherent divinity that we possess. Yeah. And I think that that, that is something that I think a lot of people don't even realize is like going on. But they, I think so too. They, the whole like you know sheeple but the concept of just like they just they, it's so mundane and they're so used to this like kind of ch- this pattern this repetition mm. that they they never stop to like think for a second like well what is actually going on here like well, what's oof. you know what i mean like i'm having some epiphanies i feel like right now that we as we talk about it well because i i just especially when i moved to la from ohio my my everything about my day changed you know like 
And I just re I, I, I always say it's the year I monked out. I, I, mm. I got quiet. I, the first yep. year and I, and I learned a lot about myself and how I do things in a new environment mm-hmm. and how like, Hey, my normal pattern's gone. Like the footsteps that I, that I take that have been here so fucking long that I don't even have to think about it. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, and you don't realize like how comfortable you get in that until it's like you wipe it all up. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and there's, there is that in your head too, in the, in the process of how you think. So when you start to turn that shit off and you're like, okay, well actually let's think about this in right. the, in a different way or the wrong way for a little bit. Let, let's play devil's advocate yeah. by ourselves for a little bit. You'd be surprised all of a sudden, like what you come up with and yeah. like what you find that was bouncing around in there that you're like, shit. Yeah. Okay. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. I actually love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I, have any of those in your head right now that you that that, that made you think of? I mean, and that's put you on the spot. It doesn't. I I think just the idea alone is interesting. I think I think currently, I, like I told you, I'm kind of going through a breakup. Not kind of. I am, and I think that's definitely putting me in a situation where I'm thinking. I'm thinking as a single unit again. I've been so used to having a partner in crime, mm. quote unquote, for yeah. a year yeah. plus now. And like all of a sudden, again, those footsteps, that that comfortable path of doing things together all the time. Like I'm all of a sudden being reminded of like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can do this alone again. And also you can redo it all. You just start fresh. Yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Look, I well, think a lot of people are afraid to like clean yeah. slate their brains every once Ooh, in a while. Oh yeah, but that, that makes sense. I mean, like, like I um, so this whole idea, the thing where the the evolutionary uh, protections of the body versus like the divinity that it shuttles around. Because to me, in that in that divinity, uh, that consciousness that it shuffles around, the, the, this sense of self that we. Oh, that's a car alarm, whatever. That sense of self that we have just inside of us. I think like that is the source of all that introspection. That's that dark, mysterious abyss you're talking about. That's where all these like new thoughts and uh, things exist. And but the the thing, that framework around it that you need to peel back and like clear out that you're talking about is the is the instincts of the body that are there to protect you. I I, I started to think of it as uh, I'm Calvin and Hobbes in one body. That I am both. Uh, my body is this uh, tiger, this like crazy ass tiger, and inside of it is this like neurotic kid with all these thoughts and and you know sometimes the the thing sometimes the kid is the outside and the vessel is the tiger and that's the true self whatever but i in my personal understanding of myself it came to be embodied by uh the wolf i called him that there was like the wolf is my body i started to see it as like this little kid inside of me like basically myself when i was a little kid i, I pictured it as like a photograph of myself when i was young and then this wolf which kind of was like a german shepherdy dog or whatever with a wolf and that sometimes the wolf uh i think this is why I, I have so many physical practices too is like i remember being in a really bad place psychologically one time like really fucking bad and uh i did one of my coping mechanisms which i was like working out i went i went i worked out i would used to work a gym, I had access to it alone. There were these mirrors on the wall, and I had a very bizarre, like Gollum uh, Smeagol experience where I had I was sweating, I would like my heart's burning. I, I had gotten deep in this workout, I was starting to like exercise some of these horrible feelings that I, you know, run, running from or trying to figure out. And I remember like staring my eyes in the mirror, which I still have weird things with my reflection. Again, this is the vessel, the, the sense of the person on the screen when you edit a dissociation with mm-hmm. that. And I was staring there, to, and and. and my body, the wolf, started talking to me like not 
me. It was weird. It was like, I just let my body talk, you know? Yeah, you're having an inner monologue, man. But it was like weird and external and my face was like literally changing. It was very weird and, and you know, whatever. And maybe because I'd seen it and it was something I understood as a dramatic, but I was alone and just having this experience. And uh, and he told me that uh, he, go- he said that he would always come back for me. He's like, my body's like, I'll always come back for you. And it was a very weird experience of like, understanding this 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 thing is fragile this divinity it's yeah. precious and it's like fragile but it's beautiful and it's the source of all the good things that people make and my body this like scary wolf that like works on itself and makes sure it's strong and does all these things is like hey i'll take the fucking reins if you ever need it and it'll take it with aggression and it'll protect me and it won't be that nice to everybody else necessarily it'll it'll be selfish it'll do what it needs to do and that might not be the thing that shepherds my my inner child and divinity to to its most noble heights. Yeah. But it'll keep it alive. Definitely. There, you know? Yeah. And and it takes a practice of getting in touch with that thing because that's the source of money. That's the source of like violence. That's the source of uh, cruelty of parents that truly just want to make sure. I think that all comes from some place of like, well, I have to be hard on my kids so that they survive. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, and sometimes it's paying their own wounds forward. And there's a lot of other boy reasons. named Sue. Yeah, but I think it really is that kind of a thing. And that is that is the experience that we have with our own, where our body is like a parent to our own inner child. Mm-hmm. And is like sometimes needs to wow. shut that fucking dumbass little like lovey-dovey uh, source, you know, energy source down and be like, hey, I got to fucking protect you right now, okay? We got to make money. We got to take things seriously. We got to look serious. We got to look like a grown-up. We have to fucking buckle down and have a life and be normal, okay? Because this is real and life is real and it's dangerous out there. What if you end up homeless? What if you end up fucking crazy and homeless, okay? I need to do this. And so it like makes that voice, you start burying it. Yeah. And until you can learn how to talk to that and say to the the wolf and go, this is what I had to do. I had to eventually realize I couldn't shun the wolf because the wolf will never go away. The wolf will rip itself back into my life that I had to get to this place where I was like, wolf, good boy. Thank you. Thank you for, I know you're trying to protect me. You don't have to be mean to these people anymore. You don't have to take a bite out of anybody who loves you anymore. You don't need to do that. I'm getting it together. It's okay. Calm down. I'm going to be in charge for a little while. And, and only when I could start that conversation, because the wolf also likes to be out. They go, oh, good. Good. It's very anxiety inducing to mm-hmm. like be hackles up all the time trying to survive in this weird reality. Yeah. And they get to rest. And then you get to really enter that weird existential space of what the fuck am I? What are we? What are we doing? What am I doing? Yeah. And beautiful things happen there. And, uh, and, you know, I think it's just, there's something nice to know also that if you get too far there, the wolf's going to be like, hey, where are you going? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely feel, you know, okay, the way I've always felt like it is, uh, you know, when you're editing a photo and you can like separate the CMYK or the colors, like the yellow and the blue and the yeah, yellow. Yeah, yeah, Is I feel like when I'm walking, those three are in constant sync. But every once in a while, mm. every once in a while, the blue, he walks a little slower. And then you see the yellow, and then you see the red. I really like that. But, like, that's how I see it. I, because I, I, I just, I'm just putting in, like, my vibe. Yeah. Because every, and, like, every once in a while, blue notices, hey, I need to catch up, or red starts running away, or, you know, it starts to warp a little bit to the side, and you start to see my edges. Yeah. And I think that, for me, is how I, I go about it, where I'll... That's how I let myself go every once in a while is I just, I really try to, 
I really try to separate and peel back all those kind of like those layers, those colors and be like, what is that? You know, like, what is this, the the red? What is the blue? What am I trying to do with yellow? What is, and when they're all together, what, what am I trying to get out of it when you look all the way through it? You know what I mean? Do I want you to be able to see through it? You know, um, like I joke all the time that I, I want to be clear, like a plastic bag, because mm-hmm. you can't, you can't read me at all. Uh, and because I genuinely thought that was fascinating, the idea of being like invisible, the idea just kind of floating, you know, mm-hmm. just being there. And I don't know, I, I think about it a lot where it's like if those things all get so far apart, there's no, there's no original anymore. There's just like these slivers running around mm. and you gotta, you've got to keep them in line to work together because that's, that's when you get the most done. You have the most like tangible power when all those things are in line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's like the movie ghost where he's mm-hmm. like, when he's trying to hit something he's like, you've got to really focus on it. It's like, yeah. you've got to really like inner line like you're saying the wolf and the boy and you and everything and when you really want to move it that's when you can fucking move it when yeah. they all swing at the same time and i feel like you got to do that sometimes with your mind where it's just like okay we need to attack this but all of us like all of us yeah. or we all need to leave it alone mm-hmm. and that's just like i feel like that's what i'm constantly do you feeling. with the colors do the do they do they uh like the color selves, the shadow selves that like float around each other, do they represent anything that aligns with their color? You know, like like a chromatic, like emotional, psychological sense, or are they just sort of different? I think it, I think it's all. I mean, honestly, I I think I'm as I'm as basic as saying it's it's almost more of like a, a emotions. It's it's more of just like slivers of thought, slivers of the identity of me. Like there's the version of me that's just like. Yeah, and then yeah. there's the version of me that's like, let's think about this, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's a version of me that's like, I don't want to talk at all. Yeah. And then there's a version of me that's gonna say everything the whole time and never stop. And it's about well, you know, I think a lot of people feel collect- at a certain point they've got to pick one. And I know, and that's why I'm saying don't like just collectively learn to like let them work together, be a unit. And that's what I'm saying. You can make the you can make the most. If you figure out how to harness the best bits of everybody, you don't need to be like, actually, I'm just going to be red and deal with me being an asshole sometimes. No, you don't have to. Yeah. When that, like. Yeah, I think, well, because I think an uh, an instinct to choose one is because we're, um, this has been a. Fucking easy. Yeah, this has been an emerging thought for me is is that. um, People love comfort, man. Well, they do, but we're also not allowed to be wrong. No. Like, there's no part of us that's allowed to be wrong. And if you don't, like pick one like the, the, that means nothing's right so if you don't have a right if you don't say this is the right one this is the real me that means you must be the wrong one like and, we're so binary and, the, and and also that means we don't we don't believe paradoxical things could exist in the same place at the same time so it's very hard to say like i'm literally all of these things at once and that's okay and that makes sense in the universe yeah it, it it's really like it's it's frowned upon to be like too outside the box and I think that's crazy like I I can't yeah I uh, like the idea that I feel like okay <laughs> how do I even say this this is like I feel like we've come to a halt in a universal 
oh, we're done. And I'm like, no, we're fucking not. Like, I feel like everybody thinks that we've hit it. We've peaked or some shit. Like, as us as humans, we're like, we did it. We fucking did it. And I'm like, no, man, we did not. 200 years ago, we didn't have cars, okay? Mm. Fucking, we did not do... Let's keep going. Let's keep... Please, let's keep Elon Musking, okay? <laughs> like, because mm. I just feel like so many people just look around and they're like, yeah, this is good. I guess this is how it'll be till the sun burns up or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no. We When the sun burns up, I, I, I we better be like conscious floating... I just feel like there's so much more leveling up to do and all of us right now, we're at this stagnant time where we feel that it's okay to stop moving around. Like, I just watched Jurassic Park and I'm gonna say this, okay? Where it's like, we feel like we're like, hey, we beat extinction, we did it. And we've we've already figured and we figured out how to be a world and we, we're doing it. And I just wanna be like, yeah, but that doesn't mean we gotta stop advancing. Like, this this is not the best it can be. Mm-hmm. I know I'm not the best. This is not the best. What is this? Mm. And I just feel like that's, as a collective, like the, the fucking hive mind, the whole big mind underneath is like, it's just beaming if you go down there and let it fucking thrive. I don't know. It's just. It bothers. I think about this all the time by myself that it bums me out that I'm just like, there's a whole brain. We live on like a big fucking brain and it's kind of like we just sat and was like, okay, shh, shh, shh. Mm. we're good. The hive mind. You yeah. Know. And yeah. even though that there are, there are, like I said, there are people out there who are like, no, there, dude, we could keep going. We could keep going if we wanted to, and there, there. But there's just enough people to go. Yeah, but we're good. Part of me, part of me, that makes me think. I, I really like that metaphor of this like big brain that we're all on top of or part of, you know. And and if the Earth itself, I mean, I, that drives for me too with this idea that like the Earth exists to in this tiny sliver that where our life is possible. Yeah. Like I, I think about that sometimes. How fucking funny it we is. We are a that, flea like, on the back. It, yeah. Of is Earth. It, isn't it hilarious to think like. The temperature raises 10 degrees and you're like, oh, I'm too hot. Yes. And then it goes down and you're like, I need a jacket. In a universe that is millions of degrees of, you know, and so we're this tiny sliver of this tiny space where this thing could happen. This thing that could create poetry and dreams and, and deja, deja vu. Yeah. And what if then we are just here as this weird little factory to be a, a, a communal brain? That, that makes me think that actually makes me more sympathetic to people who are not necessarily into pushing the thing because I think of our own brain where it's like my favorite parts of my brain are the ones that like can smell coffee and like have and, and think that's a, a more poetic and deep experience than a huge night out at the theater you know or whatever yeah. like all that stuff um but the parts that are also important are the parts that um make me shit and that like uh <laughs> and that like you know make make me what other boring shit does your body do my muscles move around i can <laughs> yeah, walk i can like you breathe, know, you know, you know. Yeah, breathe all that dumbass shit yeah and you know if we are a hive mind that has something like that then it stands to reason, I mean, that it stands to reason that some of us would be here to be these dreamers and, and be the dream parts of your brain. And some of us would be here to be the thing that makes sure your heart keeps aut- autonomously beating. Oh, you, I guess that's true. You I know what I mean? Yeah. Because that, because there is this sort of, um, 
onus put on everybody. I think there's, again, this has to do with binary understanding of the universe and sort of like an idea that like things, it's not okay to be wrong. So there must be a way that's right. Mm-hmm. That like wants to be projected on everybody else. And, and people will give lip service to like, well, everybody's different. Everyone's unique. You got to find out what works for you. And uh, even nutritionally, you know, I think about this with nutrition, like, I gave up a long time ago trying to find out like that there's actually one nutritional guideline exercise sort of regimen that works for everybody and that's the right one. It's like truly the same way peanuts will kill some people and some people just love peanut butter. It's a good source of protein. Mm -hmm. Same. You could say like some people should be vegetarian. Some people are supposed to eat more animals. Some people like and that there's this kind of thing that then. Uh, goes wider to like purpose in the universe, role in society. This idea that like everybody should be able to make a lot of money. Everybody should be able to be an Elon Musk if they push themselves hard enough, you know, or whatever is bullshit. Like we're supposed to be different because I mean, what other organism in the universe is like, uh, like the cells in our body? There's white blood cells Man, and there's red blood cells, and they all do mind. different this fucking is jobs. So good, yeah, this is good. I like this one. I never thought of that. I don't this think is, I did either. And that, and, but see, that makes a lot of sense because then it makes me. But see, that there's that, worker bees, there's queen bees. That there's still like, makes me think, though. It's just like, gosh, if we all came together, like, what could we accomplish if we were a fully functioning brain? Because you know that if the, we really could get in harmony, if we could get in harmony, that's what I mean. If we could really get that, well, I mean, sync. Th- th- that I think you know. It's funny you mentioned Elon Musk because Elon Musk to me is is uh, in my genuine honest reaction. Elon Musk is uh, is problematic to me. Is like on the one hand, I do not deny that like growing like we're built to dream, we're built to hope, and seeing this fucking individual person, you know, in a gross capitalist society, actually scrape shit together to be like Lex Luthor and be like, I'm gonna build fucking rocket ships and I'm gonna do all that. That's inspired. The idea that you you would even, like, that is what I would generally support is the goofy use of resources to be like, I'm going to build a company that makes flamethrowers and it's going to be funny, you know, like just as a, as a gag. I love that. At the same time, the humanist in me and the sort of like socialist in me is like, Hey, Mr. Billionaires. Hey, Jeff Bezos. Who's like suddenly, I guess the, like the great new hope of like, like, you know, humanity Mm -hmm. and I don't know, whatever is like, you have, uh, uh, you have fucking, employees on minimum wage in your warehouse factories that are have to be on food stamps while working full time for you and you have 127 billion dollars so it's like these billionaires i'm like i love that you're trying to get rockets on the moon and that's got to be fun for you and your weird experiments but also you know why don't you just raise the floor for everybody a little bit why don't you like take some time you know i saw something that was like jeff bezos is 127 billion dollars or whatever it would cost 55 million dollars to fix flint water system you know what i mean like and you start to go like talking about harmony man again it you know in this idea we were just looking at yes some people are gonna fucking be screaming out in front of the pack doing the things that they're doing dreaming in the stars or whatever and i love that but you're also like oh fuck it would be so cool if this getting in harmony as a, a brain could happen it would be more likely to happen sooner if you raise that floor, yeah. You know, if we get the closer we can get everybody to a Jaden Smith status, where like you just gotta hang out and think and dream and see what you want to do. Yeah, because you're you're right. It's it. You'll never find that harmony with the construct of like this hierarchy of like I'm better than you. Like you, it just it will never work. You won't. We'll never like no person would ever agree to 
actually not even agree, but enjoy themselves as part being part of a, a unit and being like, oh yeah, I'm part of the shitty unit. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and I well, I think that to me is inherently the problem with uh, money. The the thing that's unpleasant about money is I don't think people people are like, well, if you don't have incentive, who's going to do the bad jobs? Who's going to do the stuff that sucks? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a fair question. I think as we get robots more and more, there'll be less like people who have to shovel literal shit or something yeah. like that. But even barring that, the value placement that money creates, saying it's better to be a CEO, it's better to be a celebrity than it is to be a bricklayer, than it is to be an office worker or something like that, to me is like, well, two things. One, I do believe we're at a place resource-wise that if we just wanted to and distributed correctly, you know, and figured it out, like you wouldn't have to do anything if you didn't want to. Like I, you, you could just live in a house and think about shit and have food to eat and write it down. That, I love that, that in like the early fifties, it was all like in the future, men and women won't be working yeah. more than two yeah. hours a day. Yeah. Because, which, like, which we you, could you, be doing, but we have this illness. Instead it keeps to, getting like, longer yeah, and longer. It's yeah. crazy. Like that, that's like all that stuff too. That's like, Oh, our workplace has like chefs on staff and, and massage tables, you know, like Google and stuff like that. All those things. That's a trick so that you don't leave the office. You work. On pur- it, you live and there. it functions, mm-hmm. which is so weird. But like, I also truly believe if you didn't have money as this thing that said that I think humans' brains are are, are, are kind of in our sense, uh, our, our organic physical sense of reality are sort of simple. Like we can't see um, anything that can accumulate and not associate some kind of moral good to it. That if you have a lot of it, that's better. Mm-hmm. If you have, you know, that like there's, uh, so if you have more money, that's better. And there's something implicit in that that says we should listen to you. Not necessarily that you're good. I used to think, I kind of think still that we have a sort of sense that if someone's rich, there must be something good about them. Uh, now we know there's also obviously this thing that we all have like the evil rich people or whatever. Yeah. And I, but we still like listen to them and pick them as leaders. And and this thing creates this false idea, a false metric of who is the one that should be listened to, should be in power, who is good. And, and, and more than that, I think is rooted in, in uh, what's preferable. I would prefer to be rich because that would mean I'm better and I would have an easier life and a better, I would be the better kind of person. Mm-hmm. But I think left to like nothingness, you, like, like no, no value of money. Like we're all just in a tribe. You still have artisans. You still have people who like make baskets or who like make fucking books or who, or who, you know, hunt or who farm. And there's an inherent joy, intrinsic joy in that interaction. Mm -hmm. Some people get a lot of pleasure out of, uh, building something out of wood and other people just don't feel that. And if there was no, there would still be people doing those things if there was no money. Yeah. You know, I truly believe. Yeah. It is just, it's, it's. If you allowed that person who enjoyed just building to be like, yeah, just build for the rest of your life and you'll be fine. Just keep building houses and you'll be fine. Would they do it? Well, I think, and I think, a, I think a lot of people would, or at least, or at least they do it and probably they do it in a more sane way. They might like do it longer, but in, in shorter and like less insane spurts. Yeah. Like, right now it feels like our society, which is to proven to be a complete lie for our generation. <laughs> there's this, there's this feeling that it's like a insane, brutal sprint of uh, never fucking quit. Always grind 24 seven. You're going to make it a lot for like the first 40 years of your life or sorry, the first, uh, uh, a second, let's say. After 10, after 15, mm-hmm. the next 25, they're like just fucking balls to the wall. That's unreal. And then, then you can do nothing. But like, that's insane. It's that's cr- insane. It's, it's a what? 
my life ends when I'm fucking 45, 50? Yeah. I'm just supposed to be done now? Well, and, and also it's just like the amount of wear and tear. I don't know if I exactly. can take that. Well, that, that gets into our 12 hour day thing again with the brains and the, and the movie uh, set thing is like, I was thinking about that and this might be, be a thing that is, um, you know, makes this a little bit more applicable to like everybody. Like, cause not everybody, like, cause the idea of a movie set or this sort of like bouncing of uh, one sentence in your brain and how strangely exhausting mm-hmm. that is, you know, there is in, uh, in, in, in exercise and fitness, uh, and stuff like that. There are certain movements, big compound moves, a, a snatch or a clean and jerk things they do in the you know, Olympics with a barbell are very complicated, uh, movements biomechanically, like as opposed to like a curl or just like, you know, a, a press, like a, a, you know, a single movement that, um, are actually very taxing to your central nervous system, Interesting. which is why they're usually done in low, low amounts. And especially at high weights, when you're doing like high, high end strength work, yeah. it's actually um, often is uh, less to do with muscular ability than your neurological ability to fire your muscles correctly. Like when wow. you get stronger at one rep max levels, like just I can do it one time and move it. A lot of that is training your nervous system to handle big weights and move big weights and basically teaching your brain to not say like, Oh, I'm not, I'm going to turn these muscles off. Cause we're going to get hurt. Yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh wow. And that's so, so crazy. Yeah, and so sometimes you'll find a thing like if I just do uh, a, a put like a push ups or a bench press or something like that. And I wait 10 minutes and I do, or five, you know, you separate them, you can move a lot of weight. But if you add in like, okay, I'm going to jump around and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this, suddenly you feel much weaker. And it's not because you're physically weaker. It's because your central nervous system is so overloaded Mm -hmm. that it's like, what the fuck is going on? You know, and you actually become functionally weaker or more tired or whatever. Like, I think that if you like do a sprints or something or run and then you try to uh, lift a, a heavy weight right after it, it's way harder. And it's like, but I wasn't even using my arms. Why? It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm not fatigued, but your nervous system is so tired. And I think that's a, a fun, like very uh, physical version to, to really understand, like just having a thought bounce around forever can be physically exhausting. Yes. I, okay. Yes. And you, that's a great way to describe that. It, it like when I'm, oh gosh, yeah, like when I have like an idea or a project and it is still just like a concept or paper, it's always so interesting to me when I'm trying to describe to people how exhausted I get when I seem like I'm doing nothing mm-hmm. with it all day. I think it's like like traveling. You go for a flight <laughs> and you get to the end of the flight and and you're like, I'm so fucking tired from traveling all day. Yeah, it's because you just and, thought. You and just, it's like, what did you do? What did you do? I sat in a lift to the airport. I walked a little bit. I sat on a plane for hours. I walked a little bit. I laid down in my hotel. And you're like, I'm so tired. But I think the input, new environments, potential threats, like moving stuff around, keeping track of schedules. Where am I going? I'm worried I'm going to be late. I might not make my plane. Oh, I got to take my shoes off. I got to put them back on. But all the thing. I think just the thinking and yeah. input makes your, your body go, I'm so fucking tired. Well, I think people just forget that it's a muscle. You are working all damn day. Mm, yeah, yeah. And it's it's a muscle that, like, you flex. And you, you de- depending on what you do, man, I mean, I know some days where at the end I've edited and I've edited for fucking eight hours yeah. that I... I feel like my brain is going to melt. Like, yeah. I mean, I it's I feel like I've been working out all day, mm-hmm. like to the point where I'm sweating. Like, I will be, I will legitimately have like sweat stains on my shirt from just editing. I haven't moved my body. Yeah, but it's because, I, like, in my mind though is 
he's lifting weights so fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, uh, that, that gets into just like our stupid body. Like our, yeah. our stupid body has sort of limited, uh, mechanics and like the sweating one and, and some of those things, um, I was just talking to uh, my friend uh, uh, about this, this fear, these fear mechanisms that we have. Um, and that like, we call it stress. People don't call it fear. They call it stress a lot of the time. Yeah, it's because it's and easier. It's easier. It makes but it, you, but it makes you, you really feel under- less weak if yeah, you say, and, and I'm stressed. I also think it's because ins- it seems less insane. There's something like that feels so, uh, <laughs> like, what's the, what's the word? You it's, feel it's out so, of control. So it's, it feels so, like, baroque. It feels so, <laughs> like, um, like I'm writing a Norse uh, fucking poem or something when I'm, like, I'm I'm dealing with fear today. Yeah, like I'm in you a know? lot of fear right now. Instead of being like, yeah. I'm just stressed out. Instead of being like, my body thinks I'm going to fucking die right now. Yeah, but that is... And I'm it, telling it I'm not going to. That is exactly what being stressed is, though, is this, this feeling of your body, like the, your insides. I, I, okay. But e- that is why you sweat. That's why all this thing, you yeah. have these physical reactions because they're the physical reactions that would help your body be better, better prepared to not die. Yes. Like it's still going through the motions as if you are freaking out. Right. And your body is trying to compensate and send help and, you know, just do whatever it can. Well, that's, I mean, and there. Uh, okay, sorry. No, I'm please, sorry. please, please. I go crazy. I was going to say, that's some reasons why a lot of times I, I, I will crash. I will fall asleep. I will nap in the middle of the day if I get too, quote, stressed. Um, where if I, uh, like currently, uh, I'm working on uh, an album of B sides uh, music stuff for awesome. my Mighty Hell. But it's last night uh, I had to name 45 songs by listening to them, and then kind of I already had ideas, but I had to like finalize the names, and it's something that I've been dreading because names mean so much to me. Of course, because of course it's, it's the first thing that they're gonna it's the they're gonna assume so much by just reading that. And as soon as I was finished, I fell asleep. In front of the computer. Yeah. And I woke up like two hours later and I was just like, oh my God, I, I just passed out. What just happened? And I, I and I know it was because I finally did it in my brain. It had been clenching. It had been clenching and clenching. And I finally, I'd let it like just run. I let it off the leash and it just did its thing. And mm. I did all those names and it was over. And my body gave. And it was just like, whoa, I didn't even realize I'd been beholding all that. You know? Yeah. yeah. I just... I mean, that's a daily... I think people can just give credit to that in their own... Like, you, that thing you just said, I didn't even realize how much I'd just been holding. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... it's Clenching. A, yeah, it's a feeling... Like, that, that fear, that stress is like... It's, it's just this tension. And it's like... I always, I always, when I'm walking the dog, I always think of it like when they, when they pull just a little bit, when they smell something that's like really good and they, they do that, that extra little pull and they like, they know they're not going to get it, but they just have to do it. It's like your brain's doing that Mm. and it's going towards whatever it is you're thinking. And eventually you've just got to like unclip it and just like, let it like run at it as hard as possible. But just know that when you hit it's you're you're gonna crash yeah and um, i find that i get that experience uh if i've had big arguments uh, big oh, emotional arguments literally if i'm in a if i have a big emotional argument i will i have started to like i get drowsy immediately I, like once it starts to die down i'm like literally falling asleep sometimes i've had i've had crazy epiphanies where i will just like start sobbing and it's not even sad but i'm just so overwhelmed with yeah. the idea that i just realized that and that 
holy shit, how did I not realize it sooner? That's really interesting, uh, especially the sobbing, because again, this gets into like our body's limited mechanics mechanics for understanding the experiences that we're going through. Like crying is typically what a response. I I have the same. Uh, I guess I associate it now. I cry kind of easily and sort I of unexpectedly and at, at things. But then there's things that you'd expect to cry at that I don't. I don't know. But like me neither. I same. think it has to do with a sense of scale of mass. That like if I experience something, that tends to be my experience is that like it's enormous. I'm seeing something, I'm experiencing something just so vast and unknowably, uh, uh, infinitely large that yeah. you, you, when touching that, my brain just goes like, yeah, like <laughs> you it, start crying. It, it's, that is exactly what it is. It's when my brain accidentally pokes something and it, it's too hot and I just can't help it. And my eyes just, I always say, it's just like my eyes just start sweating. Like my eyes just freak out because <sighs> see, here's the thing too, is I will say, cause I, I, I've, I've been dealing with this because I, w- I was a very easy, I cry easily, but I don't cry at movies like you're saying. So a lot of times people are always like, what is going on with you? Why are you about to cry right now? And I'm like, sorry, my body just, I'm being very, I'm very emotional right now. And this is the only way that I can extract that emotion without actually losing my mind. Yeah, <laughs> is I, I fucking feel that. Is I feel like it's like it, a release, it's like a yeah, pressure it's valve. It's like I, my body has to actually physically pump something out to get it out. Like it needs to just leave me mm. and it's going to You're do like it. exercising. Yeah. It. And like the first time it ever happened, actually, it was so crazy is I was getting super in trouble in school, in high school. I was like, I was like that shitty, like jokester, punky, stupid kid. And I got fucking reamed one time and, and so much trouble. And it was by accident. I did not mean to. Yeah. And as soon as I got called to the principal's office, he started talking to me and I started crying and he was like, I'm sorry. You're like the asshole of the school. What are you doing crying in the uh, principal's office? Like you're, right. this is so uh, not what we, I was expecting. And I looked at him and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. I've I, experienced that. And That's so weird. And it, it was the, I remember that day I, I had to like real, I had like a realization where I was like, wow, my body, my body cries when it doesn't know what to do when it's uh, like over, it's just over zealous and it's just like too much. And I, some people yeah. run and some people scream and some people do this and turn red. And I just like my, my face doesn't even clinch. It's just water comes down. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I and totally it's, get that. Yeah. Like I tried to, I've tried to explain it and come up with a phrase. Cause I'm like, it's not crying. It's real. It's like releasing. It's weird. Mm. I feel like my face is just kind of like sad puking. <laughs> yeah. But it's, but even sad isn't, isn't like it exactly. But yeah. It's, yeah, like, it's not always sad. It's just, it's literally just like, that's like, funny that you say puking, by the way, because I used to think with acting and stuff like that, so, like the, the initial like civilian question, especially when I was younger, was always like, especially from younger people, was like, so can you cry? Can you just like cry? <laughs> can you cry? Come in, come yeah, in. pretty much. Like, can you cry? And I would be like, yeah, yeah, but I, I can like barf and sneeze and stuff too. I have to shit my pants you know? right now too. I, if you I want was to. like, I've seen people cry <laughs> in performances and you feel nothing for them. You know, they're just turning it on. And also like the idea, like if a script says they start to cry or something like that, that's fucking dumb. Never put that in a script. You can put that in there, but I'll just know that the proper way to interpret it is always going to be like, that's the feeling tone and experience of what's going on. Exactly. Because some of the most devastating, sad, 
horrible, grieving moments of my life have there's been nothing. It was coming dead out silence. Of me. Yeah. I mean, it, I and uh, wow, that was that was good because it's like that also goes into saying like yeah, some of the 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 actual moments where you think a person would normally be going through like a crying, grieving kind of moment. I mean, I I. I, I play it like a comedian, you know, yeah. like, I mean, and I, those are maybe some of my best days. My funniest jokes yeah. are told on those days of and course. you have no idea. It's because it's fueled by this, this, this sadness, this rage where it's just like, oh no, I'm making me laugh right now. Man. Yeah. I mean, you're like a love, that's like a, you're a love machine. Like you're, yeah. like, you're like, you, you take things into your, uh, you know, Starbelly Sneetches machine or whatever. You, you take things yeah. into one end and then you, you spit it out this other thing. Yeah. I really think that's, that's again, getting into that sort of like if plants take in di- carbon dioxide and spit oxygen out so that we can all like have other organisms be alive. It's like, there's something to me that says the best version of humans is you take in grief, you take in uh, the uh, sadness and horror, and you take in, uh, even physically, you know, you take in this gritty, uh, worldly, earthly experience, uh, muddy experience of life, and then you turn it into laughter, comedy, humor in the universe, a kind of love, a kind of appreciation, and a sense of beauty, and that's divinity to me. That's that's God in shorthand for me. Yeah, I mean, and see, okay, and we, this is actually a thing that we were talking about that got cut off in the beginning, which is like a, the what you were saying, the whole, the idea of God. Like yeah. how people are afraid to say God just because yeah, it because is because so... because it means political things so and like, oh, connect- you mean like a Catholic church God or oh, the big fucking beard? Oh, so you're a religious and, person. Yeah, right. Okay, never mind, bye. Yeah. I was... You must not like gay people very much. I was the super same. I remember I was like, I would love reading self-help books and then when and they would be like, and then I turned to God, and I'm like, fuck, I, I well, hate this. Well, this is twelve step stuff too. I did Alan on for a little bit, and, and I'm just like, and people get really uncomfortable at like that you surrender yourself before God, and and it's like, and it, a lot of them say now a God of your understanding or something, yeah. so that you to to get clearer about this. To, to me, with 12-step stuff, uh, uh, humbling yourself before it and saying like, I'm this problem is bigger than me, and the thing that's going to help me fix it is bigger than me, um, and it being called God in shorthand there. To me, it's part of the first like hurdle to get over and getting your ego out of the way. Yes. And if you can't stop, if you can't get over that, a fucking word that is connected and you can't get a personal relationship to whatever that sense of bigger than you purpose, whatever thing you're part of, then, oh, good luck fucking uh, getting yes. over your problems. Well, yes. Yeah. I mean, I just... It, like they might as well just be writing the word sun or universe. I mean, and yeah. that's I I think that they, would, they might as well write the inexplicable uh scientific energies and forces we can't tell you about yet. They might as well call flying it fucking spaghetti yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah, dark, dark matter. I just call it dark matter but, a lot of the time now. Uh I was I it's kind of related. It, it just feels like it makes sense right now, but I was just talking to somebody about this and um I was talking about the the idea of uh the band yacht they had this like this the, the secret teachings of the mystery lights was, was this little book that came out with their one of their albums that i really took uh keen to and one of the reasons why i got these triangle tattoos is because it kind of has like a layout like a guide way like a, it teaches you a way to live your life um as, as you you are the you are universe you are a little universe yes and i just want to say this just just to put it out there again because i really really it helped me so much realize like okay yeah um i am a thing on a thing on a thing it all is small everything is meaningless fuck but 
If you think about it in terms of, okay, so I'm the little Mitchell universe, you know, all the little things around me are my little moons and all this stuff. And, you know, like, and I take care of it and I actually like love it and work, work on like kind of keeping the universe in line the way that the universe keeps us in line with everything, you know, like a a smaller scale version of what's actually going on. Uh, You, you get this, this. I, I just, I remember feeling this purpose where I was just, I, I felt better and I just felt like, oh, that's what I'm doing is I'm, I'm controlling, I'm controlling all this. And I'm, 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 I am, I am a son, you know, and, and these are my earths and these are my things and anything I create, those are my moons. And I need to make sure that they all stay in the rhythm and keep going around me. And I want to keep powering them and all these things. And I just feel like it's very important to find out, like you have to understand, like when you get to those steps where it says like, surrender yourself to God or whatever, it's like, no man, just surrender yourself to understanding that you're not just this like body thing. Like you are, you are bigger than this. Like you are, there's something in all of us that is controlling the little bubbles around us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, and I, I, do. I, I know that was like a weird little rant, but I just, I just remember it changed me, man. It changed me. Cause I just remember being like, yeah, I'm a little universe and you're a little universe and, and everybody's a little universe. And, we're all little universes connecting a big universe and that big universe is making sure that we're okay. So let's make sure we're okay. Like it, it doesn't have to be so scary and alone. Like I think therefore I am is like so fucking simple. And I, I kind of hate it to the idea that it's like so basic Mm -hmm. when I, I like to go like, no, fuck that. I'm a universe. I'm going to live forever. And I'm going to make sure that the things I leave orbit and they look dope. <laughs> you know, fuck yeah, dude, fuck yeah. Because like that's at the I end. I mean, of the, yes. Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, it's like those are the things that they're gonna outlast me. I'm just that like, that grasping of that understanding of a, infinity, a, a truth about eternity. I don't know what I, I kicked in like a year. So, at some point, I don't know. I kicked in. I, I just had this weird couple of months where I was like, absolutely, I live forever. Yes. I couldn't explain it. I don't know why. I, I, I'll probably delve into it on some other thing. But I was just like, there's no question that there's a signal that my body is receiving. My body's a TV set and <laughs> I am the signal. And there's no question that that... Because the universe doesn't waste things. It doesn't waste matter. It doesn't waste energy. It doesn't do it. It all, it all goes someplace else and is just redistributed. Yep. The molecules remain. They're, they're the same molecules now as there were at the beginning of the universe. Yeah. And I'm like, that's true about whatever makes my consciousness. Whatever I am is the same shit. Forever. Forever. And I'm going to make shit that looks dope around it. Yes. I love I, that. And I just want to make sure that everybody goes, yeah. That thing right there that's going past that that one was Mitchell Davis's, you know. Yeah, that's look, cause, dude, like shit, man. We've got so little time, so little time, and that's the other thing that I I can't stress enough. Is look, I remember I was living in Ohio. I was walking in the middle of a field, and I just randomly was talking with my grandma on the phone, and I was like, "Why is everyone so obsessed with death?" And she was like, what did you just say? And I was like, everyone's obsessed with fucking dying. It's like, cool, you're going to die. And then... uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah, you're dead. 
I was like, but uh, where the fuck was I when I was before I was born? And yeah. she and she just looked at me and I was like, because uh, I don't ever remember being scared or freaking out or anything. In fact, I don't even remember it taking a long time to get here. And I have a feeling that as soon as I die, that's exactly where I'm going to go again. And it seemed like it was a comfortable place. And <sighs> that's so good. Because let's be real here, bro. History, the reason we learn it is because you were fucking dead. You were not here yet. You were here. You were just not in a body yet. Like, where the fuck were you? Where the fuck was I? Where were you, Jared? I think about this all the time. And I, that's, I, like, you know, I, I was something before I was born. There was a whole world before I was born, and there's going to be a whole world after I'm born. The only thing that we get to do is, hang out for like 60 to 100 years hopefully good mm, yeah. and leave a few things that you know and 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 especially in this day and age you want to leave things in the physical realm because lord knows the internet turns off it all disappears sure but, you know all right sure rip wikipedia project but uh i just want to yeah i just want to make sure that- yeah that's interesting i that doesn't bother me so much because of but a couple things. One, it, one, the only thing that remains on Earth, like past, literally all of this, the only thing that remains past 10,000 years of our extinction, like if we're extinct, within 10,000 10, years, it will, all of it, be reclaimed by the Earth. The only thing that remains are stone structures, weirdly, like, mm-hmm. you know, the pyramids and shit like that. That that would be, there'd be traces you could kind of tell. But there's like steel, plastic, all the fucking everything, like Everything just gone, mm-hmm. and and I will say even in a in a let's go on smaller timelines than that, leaving things behind that matter. Um, I actually, I don't know. Maybe it has to do with the connection to um, this feeling like in my moons of my universe of my people floating around me. These other like are just such brilliant galaxies and things that like. I feel that parts of me will remain here just in the ways that it, maybe I did something that impacted someone positively one day. Maybe I said something that gave them a new thought that they went and made the things that will really last. And I am so strangely comfortable with the possibility that my passing, uh, my disappearance would be unnoticed. It's not a physical... But somebody else, but something... It's like you know, a pay was, it forward situation. Yeah, I was part of it. Yeah. I was part of it. And also not just that, but some I, I often think I think all time is on top of itself. So this idea of like where was I before now? I was here. I was mm. just never this was where I was. Yeah. And there was no like, oh, I had a previous life. You might have like harmonics where like, I don't know, maybe our soul is like uh has is like a prism and it like fractures out into these embodiments across uh the tesseract of reality or something like that, this fourth dimension of time. Mm-hmm. Or something. But, you know, I, I don't even feel like I have to worry about it too much because, you know, it's like that um, that distance uh, paradox thing of like the smaller units that like technically, mathematically, you should, you know, if you keep dividing by two and dividing by two and dividing by two, um, like if you say this, like, okay, to, to, to walk, across, I've said this on another thing, but I'm going to bring it up again because it keeps blowing my mind that like, if I want to walk a foot, if I want to, if a meter, if I want to walk one meter, then, well, first, mathematically, I need to, I would need to cross half of that meter. And then I would need to cross half of half of that meter. Mm-hmm. And then I would need to cross half of half of the half of the meter. And then I would cross half. And technically, in the attempt to keep finishing a co- crossing half 
of whatever remains, you will never reach the end. Well, it's a, it's a fractal. I mean, and yet we reach the end. Yeah. Like, and yet I just take two steps and I've crossed a meter. And I just love that thinking that like, there's something mathematically wrong in the universe or mathematically wrong in our understanding of the universe uh, that says something that should be utterly impossible. Crossing the infinity of a single foot of space is something we do all the time without thinking about it. Yeah. And there's something beautiful to me about that understanding that we do something literally impossible. A completing infinity just in breathing and walking across a, a physical space. I mean, just affecting each other. Just this podcast, someone could listen to this and forever refer to this. That's correct. I and, think about this shit all the fucking time. There are stupid little, like... And just, it could be, and you know what's crazy? They like, didn't, it could dude. be in passing. They could be walking past a car, hear this, yeah. you know what I mean, and be like, that was interesting, now I'm going to check it out. Or they never even yeah, check it out, but they I, think about it forever. In the movie The Wedding Singer, uh, <laughs> you know the Taylor movie? Yeah. There's a part where... Um, the wedding singer, the other band member is like uh, singing a Boy George song or something like that to cover for Adam Sandler. And it's like clear that like that's their one song. Mm-hmm. And they go, do you really want to hurt me? You know, they sing that song. And then um, they finish the song. And the joke is that Adam Sandler's character still hasn't come back yet. And so they start singing it again. They go, I'll well, just play it again. Do you really? And they sing until you realize they've been playing it over and over again because Adam Sandler's character's going to come back. And somebody off screen goes, you song <laughs> and the way that he said it this voice might have been somebody in the ADR room might have been an extra actually on set probably a loop group probably something like that Wh- whoever that person was no fucking idea this weird little sound but of you song like stuck in my head forever I think about it all the time exactly how they think it it makes me laugh still there's something perfect in the weird delivery yeah. that is like that like yeah. there's there's infinite things like that every day that are like these little tiny fucking weird things that um it affects you, know, you forever forever and that person has no idea but they did how they could did they and, and but like i love to think though that like there's like a sp- little sprinkles of like their energy it's like their universe whatever yes. it's like they did a little you did a little dance it's and brushed did, into mine yeah. it's like fucking water colored into mine Exa- again going back to the tide pool it just kind of kind of just sweeps in and out kind of just flows i think that is so i think we are all truly tide pool little tide pods it's just like little just like ebb and flowing into yeah. each other's lives in and out it's i feel like dude man this goes back into why i love gradients so much mm-hmm. i love i love where like, does the color end and where does, start? Yeah, and, where where does something start and begin? Like I, I, I like I love fractals. I love the idea of like measuring things. The concept of like, hey, uh, can you measure this? Well, actually, you can never get to the edge of something because it right. keeps getting smaller and smaller and right. smaller. And it's like, well, it's it just looks. And it, I it mean, go- dude, I I was messing around with Twitch streaming, you know, oh. and using broadcast software that's screen capturing, and it screen captures with your oh, video like camera, the, the and just infinity. doing the, just that is like what the. F- yeah, like if it, you think about it for half a second, yeah, you think about it just too long. Yeah, you're like no, nope. I mean, dude, that is the same thing as uh, deja vu, and we all just go like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This casual thing I can just do without thinking about it. I can actually do it just by putting two mirrors on either side. Yeah, that's infinity. Yeah, that's literal infinity. I mean, like, you, it doesn't stop. It doesn't. No, like if I could keep magnifying, it would never stop. And what's even weirder is I like to imagine that there's the future me's in front. Yeah. And I'm just the old me that I'm seeing being caught up. 
Well, it's, that's literally true, actually. I know. I mean, okay, but, like but, the craziest but thing. But who saw Oh, the, my God. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. See, because it's like... Uh, this is, it, 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 I mean, this is like like it, like the notion of time. I just think it's interesting too. Like anything you see is in the past. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the time it took for the light to bounce and come back to you, it's in the past. And not just that. This is the thing in in the, the physics. Uh, you know, I, I guess apparently I heard one time that like physicists and scientists like hate when fucking artists and and armchair philosophers like take their physical principles of the universe and apply <laughs> that to some spiritual concept because they're like you're you're not getting the point. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, we're not but, trying to prove yeah. that. <laughs> but one of them that I love is the idea that uh, you know you can't observe a thing without affecting it, and that comes from literally because they're trying to measure particles of like quarks and shit and just by observing it they're bouncing uh, photons off they're yeah. bouncing and those photons affect the measurement which is fucking insane to think about but like that's us every fucking day every day you're just ba- you're bouncing somehow I mean that's that feels like a physical proof almost of our uh, of, of our tide tides like yeah. interacting I mean like even right now this conversation is getting embedded in these walls you know what I mean uh, well that's a whole nother I mean I agree <laughs> with that I believe haunting is more about that is more about a repeated ritual over and over and and if some true horrors existed some somewhere that like or or good things though too there are places that are imbued with a kind of like love and a, and a generosity of spirit that I really think that that's true that like you can well I mean look at vinyl I mean we etched music mm. into a piece of plastic. Wow, that's fucking good. And I mean, like, even right now, you have a wood table. Here, check this out. As I'm talking, I'm scratching your wood table and it's recording what I'm saying right now. You could play that now, that scratch. And I mean, even though that's... that's fucking weird, man. Yeah, but like, that's that's all it is, is grooves. And so like, me talking, erosion is happening. Like, Oh I, my fucking God, dude. I never put together till right now that a groove... Like yeah, that's a that's a groove is a literal groove. Yeah, when like, someone oh, says, "Oh man, that's groovy," it's like a a cut channel into something. It's like the same yes. word. That's fucking really weird. I never put that together. Yeah. you know what I mean? Because yeah. you just go like, "Yeah, it's a groove." Oh, it's yeah. a groove, but it's also it's literally a, a an a, actual groove, a little mini canyon, a yeah. little like scratch. Oh my god, yeah. that's fucking a crazy. record scratch. So <laughs> yeah, <dumb>. yeah, <laughs> because you scratched it. Yeah. Dude, uh, but, wow. yeah, I mean, but that's what's happening. Like, I mean, a great example, and this is a, this is another thing, uh, excuse me, this is another moment of, like, small life scenario where I I realized, like, oh, there's more going on than, than meets the eye. Is yeah. When you go to an abandoned house, and you look at the windows, and the windows are thicker at the bottom and at the top. Oh, I love that. And it's because yeah. glass is slowly moving. Yeah. It's actually a liquid. Yeah. And it's moving at all. It's moving all the time. And I remember being like, that's fucking not true. And then someone was like, no, go to an abandoned house. Look at the bottom. The bottom of the, the window will yeah. be so thick and yeah. the top will be so thin and brittle. And I did. I did because I genuinely didn't believe it. And I just remember it changed the, the way that I saw time. I was like, oh, yeah, everything is actually not what it seems and on a microscopic level, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. fuck. And I was like, 
I was like a freshman in high school. And I, I remember like it was just that was like a spirally little moment where I was just like, and now I'm an artsy boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, I mean, it only takes moments like that, though. Just like little moments, yeah. you know, just someone just I mean, and they were saying it offhand. Right. They were just being like, you know, proving a theory about erosion. And I'm like, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What'd you tell me about time and glass and what? I think it's got yeah. These are probably old enough windows because I think I think newer windows don't do it as much. But like, definitely, I don't know. But blows like, my fucking mind. I like to think that we're all doing that. Though. We are all. I mean, we definitely are all doing that. That's, that's what, what cancer I mean. is. I mean, I mean, not to be uh, morbid uh, that's or whatever. What aging but is. That, that's right. That like we're not supposed to age. Like our cells are supposed to perfectly recreate themselves. There is a thing inside them that self destructs and it starts. A, cancer. Cancer as is. As soon as you're born, you're dying, dude. Cancer is just cells that mixed up a little bit it's a computer bug you know mm-hmm. and started recreating itself in the wrong direction and it's like it it doesn't know i don't know there's some I, yeah that's it, fucking crazy. it's literally early days pac-man where you couldn't control him completely he had a little bit of self <laughs> yeah you know what i mean a but, little but that, artificial dude intro- that idea like our our uh body our sense of this one singular thing is actually a uh, billions and billions and billions of things with their own sort of agenda that work in concert for a very limited period of time. And you think it'd be crazy for all us humans to do that for the earth? Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, but we ask the same thing of our body every day. Every day. Every day. Billi- you have billions of uh, you know living what? organisms in your stomach <laughs> that decide if you have enough serotonin uh, produced to make you feel happy or not. And you know what's really sad about all this? And this is, this, I'm about to go crazy, is like, I just got finished watching Blue Planet 2, and you see like how underwater like all these beautiful animals live in harmony together and actually have like learned to adapt and species that shouldn't even hunt together have learned to hunt together or Mm -hmm. work together or uh they they now know that they can they they should travel together because they they work well and there is there's no there's no benefit other than hey this is pretty cool yeah this makes it so that underwater it's better yeah all right, I, this is this is one of the parts where I I was talking about where I screwed up and it just stopped recording. So there's a little jump here uh, that doesn't make any sense. And now we're going to return to the next part where we were talking. I don't know where it ended, and we referenced that. Okay, we'll go right into the wrap up, boy. All right, I don't know where we died on that last one, but we died at some point. Uh, we've been dead this whole time. We know that now. Now I'm eating chips, which is so obnoxious. <laughs> They're coconut chips. They're so good, though. You offered me a couple. I like how you said that we've died from this whole podcast. We've just pretty much solidified well, <laughs> the idea that we've been dead forever. <laughs> I mean, that's, I feel like it's really apropos, as they say. But I think it's nice. It'll, it'll help me um, really gently segue into my sort of wrap up section. Mm. I'm gonna, first, I'm going to ask you a question that's not part of my traditional six quick cues wrap up. Six quick cues. Six quick cues. Because, <laughs> uh, uh, which ends up being more than six quick cues and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but I think I might do it more like this in general anyway. Just have this as a structured question mm, instead of letting me. it come up naturally. Because um, it's more interesting to me. I wanted to ask you if you have any diagnoses of like mental something or others. And uh, also if you do, if you are prescribed and or ever have been prescribed and taken medications. Yes, uh, I'm definitely, uh, I was, I have extreme uh, OCD. Uh, really? I had, yeah, I, I had... Um, Obsessive compulsive disorder, uh, 
depression and I suffered with light. It was, it was not full, fully, fully, but it was, it was on its way uh, as kind of how the doctor said, agoraphobia. Oh, interesting. Um, I wasn't leaving my house or my room Mm -hmm. getting to the point where I was like my first a therapy appointment was in the parking lot because I couldn't go into another building. Wow, um, that's interesting. Yeah, um, it was a very, very. It was. I've gone through a lot of weird things. My life. Uh, I've gone through a lot of like weird, you know, medicines and all these things. And currently, I'm taking. I actually just took a photograph because I was. You did. It's like new stuff, or just you just forget the name. I just always forget the name. Yeah. I am uh, not one of those people that remembers anything. That's and fair. I think it's because one of these actually affects my memory. Or I used, I used to take a medicine that affects my memory. But well, it might um, be also, um, I don't know, I was thinking about that memory and things. And, you know, with computers, we got this term, random access memory, that we could, you know, to make sense of it. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that is how we are. And if you got a lot that you're thinking about all the time, like, I don't know, just like, what are you devoting your RAM to? What are you devoting your, your overclock processor to? Oh, and man. mine is generally not like little weird bits of facts. Definitely not schedule stuff. You know, I, okay. I think about, uh, this is just another random thing, but I f- think about all the time what I'm thinking about and is it worth my time? <laughs> <laughs> That's really <laughs> like, funny. As weird as that is to say, cause I, I just am constantly, Catching myself being like, how long have I thought about this? Yeah. How long has this been? Has it been an hour? 30 minutes? Oh, well, time is really slippery. Especially Especially when you get high. (laughs) Well, and especially when you're inside your own head. Yeah. Well, to me, to me, like getting high uh, is, is a really wonderful exercise. Like with marijuana is what I'm thinking of in particular. Yes. Of, of really understanding how malleable your sense of reality is because it's this delicate little thing that's really not being invented. It's literally something that just grows out of the fucking ground. And if you burn it and inhale what it burns it'll show you some different ways of looking at reality Mm -hmm. and you just go like oh this is why sometimes like uh when when uh time flies when you're having fun or this is why an hour can feel like a whole fucking day or whatever and you start to go like wow are my my sense of uh time you know time traveling we're saying like if you look at something you're seeing something in the past like it took time uh, for that light to travel back to your eyeballs, even if it's just infinitesimally small, that like time travel, I think memory is time travel. Like when we, when you understand, oh, time all exists at once, it's like, I am here. I am also me when I was five years old in that wagon at the zoo at the same time. Yeah. Anyway. I, I also love the idea, the concept now that we have movies and video, mm-hmm. because I like to think like once I'm able to project those kind of Mm. those kind of memories yeah the, these these like okay so it's the same because we're in this it really room. is a portal into the past because we, we are getting into this realm where it's like we have three cameras in the mid like corner 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 and then you put on a vr headset and you're in a room with another person and i'm just like okay well what if that's been going on for 200 years <laughs> and that a person when you put your headset on is actually like you're dead whoever you mean like you mean like the Rick and Morty thing where he plays the game and he's like, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh, yes. And he's like, my life, my whole life. And he's yeah, like, yeah. you were in there for like 20 fucking minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really crazy yeah. simulator. I love that, dude. Yeah, but he's like, like, I survived cancer, went back to the carpet store. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, he was like, everybody out here has been laughing at you. Uh, yeah. but, um, uh, but also, just a little heads up because yes, I pulled it up. Yes, please, let's get back to this. Is, uh, I take fluvoxamine and uh, clozapin. Um, what are those for? Clozapin, uh, that sounds like uh, um, something for anxiety. Yes, yeah. and uh, the fluvoxamine is for the obsessive compulsive 
And honestly, Fluvox, it's called fluvoxamine. Yeah, fluvoxamine. I think I, something called mirtazapine. I think. Yeah. See, here's the thing about medicines, and and, and I will. I just want to go ahead and say this is look. They're all so different, and there's so right. many. And even just since I've been living in LA, and I've been on taking medicines my whole life, just since I've been in Los Angeles, my medicine regimen has completely changed. Do you experience um, big? Are you on a good one now? Do you like? Yeah, your current? I'm. I'm. I'm really enjoying and and feeling good with this now. But like, it's it's just medicine is constantly evolving and changing, and also like the concept. Like I'm in a state now where marijuana is legal, and that. Like, I like smoking just so that I feel on a, I honestly, I just feel level normal. Yeah. Like, I, 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 some, like, I think it's really funny when people, they, they are like, oh, you smoke weed, you get fucking high. And I'm like, actually, I'm, I'm not stoned. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I feel comfortable. I right. actually feel like comfortable. And I that get is, that. yeah, that's what I'm craving is that feeling of like, yeah. Well, I, that's also you because you really have to understand people's bodies are impacted so differently yeah. by different things. Going back to, I will always use it ever since I had my dumb peanut epiphany that peanuts kill some people and other people just love peanut butter sandwiches. Mm-hmm. Is like truly, I mean, that's me with my uh, ADHD medication. It's it's an amphetamine. It says on the fucking bottle of the you know it, the what do you call it generic. Yeah. You know it says. Um, whatever kind of uh, methamphetamine or something. That's not methamphetamine, but it's another kind of amphetamine. You're like, it's speed. It's cocaine. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm transparent about my experiences here. I remember trying cocaine for the first time and being like, this is great. I feel normal. I feel normal. I feel like the universe is going as fast as my brain goes. Not necessarily like, oh, I'm so much faster. Like they're just clicking into the same speed. I'm normal. And you realize, which also was why I was like, oh, I'm never, I did it a handful of times. And I was like, I got to be fucking careful with this little demon because I will die for this thing, you know, um, to just to feel normal, <laughs> which is such a hilarious idea. In I know just but the concept. I have found the normalcy is just about walking through the world. I haven't lost as I'm on a, a very low dose of this, uh, speedy thing to help my my brain feel normal now that like other people take it as a recreational drug or like I just got a lot of tests to get through studying to do let me get some Adderall you know it's like yeah dude it works for that for some people for me all it does is uh, allow me some a little bit more access to my thoughts uh, and connecting my thoughts to actions. That's how I really feel it. Like, you know, and, yeah. and just understanding that. So what you're saying, like with the weed and stuff, um, obviously also different different uh, cannabis strains do different things and have different measurements of different chemicals. I take CBD rubs like that um, just for muscle problems. Oh, I like, mean, like it truly is like a magical thing. CBD for my insomnia has yeah. changed my life. Like some people, some people would smoke weed and I'd be like, getting fucking high, bro. And just think, you know, but um, understanding that it impacts people's bodies so differently. It helps people with seizures, helps people with cancer. Like it's totally reasonable that there'd be this thing that is like, helps, helps you just, to me, it's like, it's not about, oh, it's bad to be weird. It's bad to be crazy. I just think it helps in, while we are tethered to this earthly notion of humanity and, and our, and our galaxies banging around into each other's galaxies, like it is nice to have something that helps you, um, join everybody else like that. We can operate together in a more harmonious way. So every day doesn't just feel like 
I'm dying a little bit, like yeah. so overwhelmed. You and know? it's also not poison. And I don't get hung over. Right. Well, that too, man. <laughs> I mean, that's a whole, I mean, I'm yeah. sure we get in that debate someday. But um, but I think that is good to say. I mean, my, my thing about bringing up the medication uh, is I just think it's important because I realized I held a prejudice about it. I held a stigma. Oh, I, 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 I wouldn't take it for a long time because yeah. I thought it was going to fuck up my creativity. And, and I actually think, I think that's uh, not a bad thing. Like, I think it's good to get real with yourself, get some physical practices, look at your diet, look at your mental practices, meditation, all that kind of stuff before, like, don't just jump to a, uh, no. a thing. I mean, I spent my whole life, man, I didn't, I didn't try psychiatric medication until I was 32, you know? Yeah. And, um, I'm not saying that anybody has to wait that long. I wish I hadn't waited as long, but I, I'm really glad because the, uh, cultivation of tools that didn't quite get me where I feel I wanted to be, um, now I can actually use them. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like I, and I know a lot of people I've talked to too, who say they'll get on a psychiatric medication and it just kind of gets them to a place where it's like triage. It gets you to a place where you're stable, stabilized, and then you can employ the tra- strategies and tools that you've learned in therapy, that you've learned in your readings and inner self exploration. Now you can actually put them into practice and there might become a point where you can remove the training wheels sort of of the medication you know it's not something that necessarily has to be like it's definitely not a magic pill but i do i am i am interested in uh becoming more transparent let having creative and thriving beings uh express like you know what this thing that is still kind of a dirty secret for a lot of society yeah i do that it's fine okay and you just reminded me of something uh that was so I, I just remember it it changed uh it changed for me. Oh, and I just lost the thought. Oh, oh no. that's I hate that. It slipped Look right what out I've of done. my head. Look what, what I've I, done. No 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 wait 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 what did he say? What did he say? It was something along the lines of Triage, stabilizing, stabilizing. inner practices before getting the pill. Oh, uh Oh shit, it's right there. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember this because it's so good. I remember being like... Remember into the microphone. What did he say? What the fuck did he say? Oh, it was something my doctor said and I just remember it was so good. Oh, okay, yes. Because the thing about medicine when, when I first started taking it is one of the first conversations I had with my doctor and my therapist is I was like, is he just was constantly going, you realize you're still going to be afraid. And I just was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I'm not going to give you enough so that you are not, like you are a fearless superhuman. Okay, people feel fear. You're supposed to be afraid of things. There's supposed to be this feeling of like, oh, I got to put a fire under my ass and get to work. And he's like, and that's where we want to get you. Like, so I remember that was a fun realization too of being like, oh, there is like a, a comfortable level of stress that yep. the, the world you are supposed to live with. You're not supposed to, uh, like, I guess I'm playing off the idea. Yep. Just don't jump into medicine. Learn I about totally yourself. Agree. Like, figure out like what things you can do. Cause I, I taught I, myself so much about breathing and about yeah. like teaching myself how to calm myself down naturally and closing my eyes and like th- trying to recreate the room around yeah. me. And, and don't think that uh, once you take the medicine that you're going to, 
just not have to do any of that anymore. Exactly. Like there's still work like to be that done. That is when the work begins. Yes. The medicine is just like a starting point is, is just, it, it, it honestly is the beginning of the ritual of you going, Hey, I'm bettering myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there, there's something about that in like, um, like like lifting weights or and stuff, even like learning a pull up. You learn a pull up. You can't fucking do a pull up when you can't do a pull up. True. How do you end up getting able to do that? Well, maybe you get a little step box and you have to stand on the box and you let your legs help you a little bit. Maybe you get like a rubber band, like one of those big rubber band things, put that around your leg. That gives you a little bit of help. Maybe you work on negatives and you start just hanging in slowly. And then all and then one day. You don't need any of that anymore. Yeah. One day you've worked on it enough where you're like, whoa, I can just do a pull-up. It doesn't happen overnight. That's not how that works. It's incremental little process. So to me, things like that are like, you know, hey, it's putting a little step stool there. It's getting a little rubber band to help you build certain strengths and practices that you don't have yet and that nobody could do. You couldn't just jump to. Yeah. You, you need this incremental progress. And 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 the and the, what's so strange too is it's it's for a muscle it's for your brain that like no one else can see no one else can like no one else can truly understand what's going on in everyone else's head and yes. I and I find that so frustrating. Um. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna move on to. Uh, what the hell is going on? My, ooh do 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 ooh girl. I love you so. Never, never ever, ever gonna let you go. You keep that in. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're gonna do six quick cues. Six quick cues. And I, honestly, I fucked up and didn't send you these ahead of time. They're simple questions, but That's sometimes fine. it can take you a second to like think of something. But I prefer the spontaneity. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be truly on the spot. Okay. Yes. So, and this is really actually dovetailing quite nicely with what we just said. Consistent practices. Do you have any consistent practices, physical, mental, spiritual, especially physical I'm interested in because in a question, the conversations tend to be very heady and stuff. And do you have any bodily things that you do that help you manage that? Uh, I do a lot of like just stretching. I love to just stand around in the middle of my living room and just stretch, reach as high as I can, touch the floor. Mm. I like to remind my body that it can move around. And I know that that's a little strange, but I just... I, I don't ever want to feel too stiff. Perfect. I always want to remind myself that I can move. So I stretch a lot. I like to do Dude, a lot of... I just want to say what you just said is to me like it's taken me... Uh, I, I'll give it 15, maybe 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 20 earnest years of like physical awareness and practice, you know, go, starting gyms and martial arts and different things to come to where what you're saying. Really? Yeah. To, be, to realize like goals and what I'm trying to do and this and that and my blah, blah, blah is... Honestly, and then my friend Jason, who was on this podcast, and I don't know what order, I don't know if Jason Scarmalias has gone up yet, but um, said, define fitness. He goes, I, I was like, what do you think, you know, what do you define fitness? And he goes, I think it's just feeling good in your body. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, it took so fucking long just to get to that stupid idea. And that is literally how I approach after years. I was a CrossFit coach for a while. I've done stints of powerlifting and this and that. I still do jujitsu a lot. But when I go to the gym... I'm really honestly I just go just move around well no and, I, and I've told you I love watching your Instagram videos because I've actually taken a few of the moves that you do oh cool just because I'm like that seems like it's su- it would be such a good feeling on the back or a stretch or a yeah. good stretch like don't get me wrong I don't have a cowbell or anything I'm not like sure, sure. but I'm definitely just doing it still there just like kind of I just want to keep reminding my body that it's here and it's moving and it's fluid and like yeah I'm dude. not like I 
I just don't want to become like frigid and like I just uh, I'm, I'm so afraid of like tin manning up you yep. know what I mean yep. so I'm just constantly like trying to fill my lungs as much as they can yep. and um oh wow that's a really good practice yeah like I'm always trying to burst the barrels what I say is like uh I I took music uh, singing lessons for a while when I was a kid and she she taught me how to like like holding in your air and then taking in just a little bit extra and spreading your and then yeah, burst, your intercostal yeah, muscles all your rib cage you know and, and hold in a little bit of extra air and like and let it all out like really let that little that 20 percent of that air that sits at the bottom of your lungs like clear that out in the morning and start fully fresh i try i just try to like cleanse myself a mm-hmm. lot like i'm like i have no problem being like oh yeah i'm juicing for two days i love the idea of being like i feel empty in the best way because i feel new yep and fresh i love that feeling anybody listening if you can adopt what mitchell's has described this is <laughs> that's very i believe that to be very high on physical practice i mean it, i mean the clarity I mean, that comes from it after like well, day two the, i'm like the things I'm thinking and the the way that I feel is crazy. Well, just this thing that sounds so simple, but like having a truly personal physical practice, which I think I think it's good to get out there and explore and learn and read. And, you know, if you're into physical culture, like learn all that stuff, learn about weightlifting, learn about ideas about different kinds of lifting, blah, blah, this and that movement, yoga, plot, whatever. But if you can the true high end. And that stuff just sometimes teaches you tools like you don't even know your body can move certain ways. So you're yeah. like, oh, I never thought about that. But like. The ability to just get in your own bones and body and feel like, where am I tight? What needs to move? What needs to inflate? What is that? And especially all of it being rooted in your breath of being like big breaths, big oxygen, big intakes of air, like the way you inflate your your, uh, abdomen in different ways. I mean, that is truly... I believe this, the like, that's the, that's the most profound physical practice you can have because, and the movement thing you said with the tin manning thing, I think about this all the time when we're babies, you just squat, you don't think about it. You just like plop down and look at something and you, your, your body folds up in this perfect, like biomechanical way. And then it just goes away. Well, okay. And okay. See what you're saying plays off of in the past few years, I've realized not everything when I was younger, everything was comfortable. Like I could sleep right. in the back of a car, like on the in the middle seat, on the like the fucking cup holder, yeah. and I would be fine. And it's like now, if there's like a coil wrong in my bed, I'm like, fuck, what the fuck yeah. is that? Yeah, I fucking and that's I, getting older. And one day I was just like, well, that's weird. That's weird that like young me didn't have to worry about anything like that. So, and and I genuinely think it's because young me was just like you're saying, plopping down. I just would just. If I wanted to do something, I'd just stand up and run. Yeah. You Part know? of that's truly that race car brain again. It's just wear and tear, man. Yeah. Your body's a physical object. It's like, yeah, it's some wear and tear. Yeah. I worry about my guts sometimes, you know? No, I... IBS, my butthole. I feel like, damn, I've, I've, I'm blowing that gasket, dude. Dude, I think about... <laughs> Too much stress in my stomach. I'm like, that stuff's going to wear out by the time I'm 50. I'm going to need... I hope they have butthole replacements in the dude, future. Dude, sometimes when I'm doing like 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 breathing exercises and stuff, I'm literally like, I'm going to burst. I'm just going to burst today. I think I'm just going to uh-huh. burst. These lungs are just going to... I mean, I will say one of the craziest that's things cool, is man. that means you're pushing it. Man, not going to happen. I don't worry about it. But that's a good. My sternum place popped to learn. once, and that's cool though. And it was the best feeling. I, yep. I was do, like you're like I, doing self internal chiropractic. It was cr- no, it was crazy. My sternum popped, and uh, I ended. Up, I my back stopped hurting the whole day, and I did like a bunch of push ups that day just because of it. It was great. That's beautiful. Yeah, man, stretching, good. stretch, stretching and breathing, stretching and breathing. Uh, all right. What's something cheesy that actually inspires you? 
Oh man, uh, documentaries. Like what? You have, you have one in mind? Uh, something cheesy that that actually inspires me is documentaries. Uh, lately, it's the Jim and Andy one. The concept of like. Uh, being true to yourself. What's the man on the moon thing? Yeah, yeah, I want, but I want to go like even cheesier. Sure. What's something like yeah, cheesier? Actually cheesy that inspires me. Yeah, that I'm just like, yeah, I want to do that. Could be like, it could be like literally like a phrase or something, or like a you know whatever oh, doesn't matter. God, this is this Some is a good practice. one. This is I know because I think about it all the time. I'm like, there's there's dumb, there's like dumb like. What? You know, very broy, like Navy SEAL positive thinking stuff. You know, sometimes that I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's good for me. That's useful for me. Oh, shit. Yeah. I think maybe. I think it's Kanye West. Dude, I love that. I completely agree with you 100% right away. I think that's my 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 number one cheesy. I I will never not believe in him. And I hope. I know. And I hope that. He gets to do all those crazy ideas that he has in his head. Dude, I fucking agree with you. I'm going to share something Please. that Connie said to me and also 50,000 other people when I saw him at Outside Lands. <laughs> okay, because I was about to be like, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, um, I, I did love this, dude. It was in, it was like Connie, you know, legendarily does like rants and stuff at his mm-hmm. concerts and stuff. And I saw him uh, at Outside Lands and uh, it was the only time I'd, I've ever seen him in concert. Um, but he... And it was amazing. He's amazing. But yeah. like I've seen he, him twice and he, it was crazy. Dude, he's he goes, um, because it was in the throes of one of, of his like tweet storms and shit, you know, and he was like really having like a crazy phase, an outwardly crazy uh, egomaniac phase or whatever. I think I I'm not ugh, I don't want to go down this wormhole. I, I, lo- I love Kanye West, and this is a whole like there's a whole Kanye day to me about like we can talk about like <laughs> who he represents as like this battle of that, the, that'll the be id when I come and, back we'll have yeah, a whole Kanye yeah, the, 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 inter- the he's an external expression of this personal battle I think most of us feel the like the id and the yes! superego and like yes! the struggle and and of just being a person and then you can see it in all of his albums the way it goes from this like humble sort of beginnings that has like this very soulful samples of things that came before him that he sees that are beautiful and he wants to change and being sort of insecure and unsure but unique and then and then what would any honest in touch soul go through if all of a sudden these things that don't matter to you they didn't change you're the same person but all of a sudden they're throwing money and sex at you and power and all this stuff and how corrupting that is and how confusing that is I think he expresses all of what he's going through so honestly and so crazily and people just get grossed out because they're like that ego but it's like are you kidding me you're making that we're making that and he's actually being a human experiencing it and having the ability to verbalize it back anyway dude pinocchio story on 808s yeah that is a great like just listen to what he's saying we built kanye west of course well the the whole society builds it wants us all to be kanye west and then as soon as you are the thing that they they've all wanted the whole time we hate them you call yourself you call yourself yeezus and uh, everybody gets mad at you but we've been calling him yeezus for years yeah and then he he literally i mean it's fucking beautiful i mean it's perfect i I think he's a great artist but like he says that he said this thing in the concert two things that i always resonate i thought was so fucking dope was like one uh, this huge crowd, right? Like 50,000, whatever. So many fucking people at Outside Lands. This huge concert in San Francisco, in the middle of San Francisco. And he goes, uh, you know, you'd think from what you read online, people don't like me. And then everyone just goes like, ah! 
<laughs> you know? And you're like, well, okay, there's one. There's one like fucking little gem they carry around Man. forever. All the voices in your head, all the fucking tweets and timelines and all the shit. And you know, I mean, I know there's a dangerous thought here. I know all, every one of us checks Donald Trump's tweets and then sees like two, two replies down. We love you, MAGA, you know? So yeah, this is a dangerous thought. People aren't always right about that. But that thing, you'd think people don't like me. 50,000 people scream back, fucking love you. That's amazing. The better one, the best one, I think, that I think is reflects this thing that we said. We just instantly like love Kanye and, and what he's doing, his thing. Not saying he's like a perfect good person or, or that he, nothing he does is a fucking problem or whatever. I just think he's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It, he goes, uh, he goes, you know, if you a fan of Kanye, it really just means you a fan of yourself. It's awesome. I mean, that's, that's... It's fucking awesome because the implicit is, hey, if you really hate Kanye West, if you if he grosses you out, his ego is a problem for you, time to look in the mirror. Yeah. Yes. Like, I remember the thing happened when he when he was doing his thing at award shows where he'd get up and go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, intercept the mic and, and say stuff. And I remember thinking, like, it was on one of them, I was so surprised at the people who the people in my life who you would if you ask them how do you feel about speaking truth to power if you if you see if someone sees an injustice that let's just make it that kindergarten questions if you see an injustice and everybody in the room doesn't see it and you what would you what should you do should you stand up and say something should you just go up and do it yes even though it's really embarrassing, of course, speak truth to power. That's what I'm told. If you see something, you got to fucking do something about it. I'll right? let her that's, finish, but Beyonce had the best album. Yeah, and, and more than that, like the later ones, I think, the, like the, yeah, the Beck stuff, you know, whatever. Like, like, um, all of a sudden, people that you would think are on the side of like, yes, of course, give voice to those things. Those people are all going like, sit down. Yeah. S- shut the fuck, sit down. And when he... You know, express. There's a long, hour-long interview where he talked about one of them. You know, saying like, you know, his feelings about it, and being like, "Hey, you know, this is a commercial business. This is a commercial thing they're putting on, and they they get us to come for free because we look like assholes. They give us these awards, these prestigious things that are considered respect and whatever. So we sit in the front row so they can show videos of us and sell ads because they know we're going to be there and blah blah blah. And then when it's time to give us an award because we're black, maybe, and because like we're popular, and because we're not in their weird little club but but back this like 30 year old like aging musician who made good music in the 90s is they give him the award he's like that is uh weird that's a that's a, a symbol that's a thing they're saying that's exploitation they're making money off us and using us for that and then and then they say but we don't we're not actually respectable we're not the real thing and you're like well fuck man when you're looking at it in those terms and really understanding that yeah, that starts to make some real fucking sense, and we're all gonna be like, he's just an egomaniac. Yeah, you know it, who should shut the fuck up and sit down. Man, I thought that was so interesting. So that thing, like, you hate Kanye, you maybe you hate yourself. You know, if you're a fan of Kanye, you're a fan of yourself. To me, I'm like, dude, if there's something in this struggle and this imperfection and this exploding heart, like all the time, that doesn't know what to do with itself. I mean. That mean that's just us. That's everyone. Yeah. If you get honest, you I know? mean, I mean, yeah. I can't look. Can't agree more. You you really like hit it. 
that's it, man. Uh, all right, sorry, we went off on that one. Uh, okay, here's my next six quick cues, dude. Just quick cues. Six, six, six quick cues. Six quick cues. Uh, what's something dark about you? This is my goth question. Something dark about me. Ooh, that was good. Maybe this voice. I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna like use that's gonna become my like little like I think boop, it's soundboard this voice. Um, something dark about me is I really love silence. I love silence, even though I'm oh. a huge, a huge, huge, huge yeah, lover music, of music. File person, yeah. But I have no problem sitting in full fucking silence by myself in my home and just like listening to like the hum of lights and mm. electricity like and i guess it seems dark only because if someone were to be like yeah i just watched footage of you sitting doing nothing for an hour and it looked like it was from uh, uh insidious <laughs> man but, that is cool yeah i like that answer because i mean definitely the impulse is to say something like kind of you know but that's a very like lugubrious truly fucking goth answer but you just yeah like silence. i just like to like there there's even been times where um I've heard my name being called and I will just not say it just to be like, I wonder if they'll say it again or I'll, or I'll say, yeah, but I'll say it like as quiet as I can just to see if they hear it. Wow. And I think I feel like it's maybe not dark, but it's definitely shitty. I do, I do that though, but I love, I love silence though. Something, something about silence is, uh, dare I say golden. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Mm, oh so I've never deep. heard that. <laughs> no, oh, and I, I like paint, that. I paint my, uh, my, my nails a lot. I like to. Oh, but that's like, that, that is goth. That is goth. That is not very <laughs> yeah, it's dark. Not, it's yeah, just like, it's just goth. I mean, just we're just dope. Like, it's fucking I, awesome. Man, I've, I've started doing that as like a bit. I'm, I'm just, I'm goth. I'm actually goth. Oh, I know. I love um, it. I love the fact. And that, that I think it's really fucked up that people think a goth is like supposed to look a certain yeah. way. It's like, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me do i not oh i'm not i don't look like a goth supposed to look wow you're the most goth guy i know i'm fucking super goth let's be real um six wh- quick cues six quick cues what's something you thought was cool when you're younger clearly not cool now at all uh big wolf on campus television show what is that that sounds amazing uh it was about is it like a, teen wolf it was about a guy who was bit by a werewolf who was in high school, who had a friend named Merton J. Dingle, who was like a goth nerd, who cool. had a lair, who was like, you're a werewolf, and I'm going to help it help you and be your best friend so that you can manage being a werewolf. This without a TV anyone show? Find- yes, it was like an ABC Family television oh my show God. forever ago, and uh, it was garbage. It was total garbage, but I loved it, and I... How I, old are you and you love it? How old are you? I was... I, 11 that's a good time to that's the perfect time and uh i think it definitely heavily influenced a lot of my art those days and i i got confiscated from teachers multiple images of human werewolves that were deemed too inappropriate to have in school were they anatomically correct werewolves uh, no they were just like bloody mouth sharp teeth yeah she like and this teacher already she was just like not about it and she, she like hated the fact that uh, even Christmas was a thing, but uh, oh, it was wow. it was really or no, excuse me, not Christmas, Halloween. Halloween. Halloween I, know. Was I was gonna say big, that's deep. Yeah, like, no, she like hate, it's a pagan holiday. Yeah, it's yeah, not a real yeah. Christian holiday. That's like deep yeah, no, she hated. She, yeah, she hated it. She hated it. Yuletide. All right, <laughs> that's good. Um, what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? The last gorgeous thing I saw, dude. Um. The last gorgeous thing I saw, this guy. Um, it was, was uh, a flower. Yeah, it was this 
flower on the way. It's right outside your apartment. Oh, wow. But, that is really beautiful, actually. Yeah, it kind of looks fake. Yeah, fave that. So when I put this up, I can have it. I don't know what kind of flower it is. It's pur- pur- purpley. It looks like a daisy. It's beautiful. Mixed with kind of a lotus, but pink, I think, pink and white gradient. I think it's just everything blooming right now in L.A. Springtime. I'm, I'm, man, I am just a huge... I love plants. I love moss. And I love just like... I just love all the foliage and everything growing. And like with all the rain we've gotten, the hills have been green a little bit. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I have just been eating it up. Yeah. Love LA's, it. LA can be very beautiful. It can. And it can also be like so dry and scary yeah. and dark and like with the and like and like polluted so that it feels really like laser beamy <laughs> the sun just feels bad and yeah yeah like when you look up you're like am i on another planet yeah <laughs> but like right now in this like right before spring starts i love it i love mm. it i love it like all the poppies are out it's great it's just great uh do you think farts are funny yes for sure farts are hilarious and i I can I can't burp. I can only fart. So <laughs> that's a little fact about me. You can't burp. I I uh, one of my big fears uh, is throwing up. I just can't oh, so handle just it. Force yourself not to burp because you're where you're gonna. I don't know. It's like my body from a young age was just like, yeah, we don't burp, dude, because it seems too much like throwing up. So Damn. I'm just a big fart machine. I love that. Um, we're gonna. Uh, we have two more. That's the end of the six quick heels. Six quick heels. But um, there are two two more little things I like to do, and we're gonna move a little quickly because I'm uh, speaking of farts stuff. I have to go to the bathroom, so I've, but I don't want to stop. So we're gonna just finish it up. Let's do it. Okay. Do you have any uh, self care? This is the self care segment. Do you have a self care practice you're using recently? Something you really like or generally like that you recommend to people? drink more water. When That's you, it. When you wake up, drink as Dude. much water as you can. I did a fit because I was cutting weight for a tournament. I was like trying to get on weight for a jiu-jitsu tournament. And uh, so I started a, a good thing to do that is drink a gallon of water a day because it helps you with your weight cut later. Man, it is. Dude, it changes everything. I didn't realize how much it woke me up. Like drinking yeah. a huge glass of water, you're not falling back asleep. You're up. Yeah, you got to go. You got to get, go, you know, you're going to have to go to the bathroom. Also, take a shower. Get clean in the morning. Like at the beginning of the day. Get clean, even oh, if no you matter what. Even if you don't have anything to do, because it makes you feel good, and then it makes Ooh. you feel like you know what? Maybe there is something I can find to do. Yeah, this is a weird that just made me think of my jujitsu teacher because it's another jujitsu reference too. But he was saying he's a like, serious dermaphobe. Um, but like he was saying, not not yes, you should do it for hygiene when you get done with practice. Take a, a shower as soon as you can after doing jujitsu. But also, he's like. You should feel like a samurai washing your armor. Like you're, you should feel like with your body and the way you're, that there's this ritual of like taking care of your armor and your tools as you go into the world. And I felt like that connected to what that's, you said. That's super cool. That's like I sharpening know. your blade after use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just like, thinking of your body as that, you know, this is the thing that you have that protects you and does I the work like for I feel like we've just been bouncing all around this idea that we are just vessels, my man. You I mean, gotta that, take that, care that of is, it. That is definitely like probably the biggest fucking theme that people get really sick of me talking about on the show with my good bad brain is is like your brain is the vessel too like the whole thing is just this thing that's holding something you yeah. know Okay, my very last thing um, is I have something I call the uh, don't kill yourself list, uh, which uh, started with I started for myself when I was in a very bad part of my life when uh, my brain was telling me to kill myself a little bit too intensely more than I thought it should. So one thing I came up with as a coping mechanism was the don't kill yourself list. And it was just things that are usually pretty accessible, pretty common things that are just wonderful reasons to be alive. I started the list and it still starts if I ever do the practice with the same first three things which are uh coffee sandwiches and lavender soap that's awesome uh, and i would like you to add something to the don't kill yourself list uh music 
Just music. That's great. Music in general. Just sound, man. Mm-hmm. Just sonic sound. Yeah. Involve it. Let some vibrations pass through the room mm. and feel in your body. Have you ever done a sound bath? Have you ever done those crystal bowl sound bath things? Uh, I have a lo- I have a crystal bowl at home, and I uh, really yeah, and I I do a lot of Tibetan singing bowl music. I love it. I think I mean if you find one where it hits you and like the tone is right and it yeah. vi- you vibrate with it and you start to do the tone too. I mean I've gotten lost for like twenty minutes in Damn. it. I mean, and I've you done like I, so I should have known. I should have known. Of course, you'd have like the singing bowls already down. You've oh got yeah, that. for sure. Yeah, like I have I have three, and one of them is a giant crystal one. Dope. All right. Well, that's good. I have to go to the bathroom. We've fucking gone into the stars, into the moon. Seriously. While never leaving, we're just here. And we met Kanye out there. It was really wonderful. It was quite an adventure. Thank you so much for Thanks, having dude. me. Thanks, dude. This fucking ruled. Um, I didn't even get in. I was going to ask you about like Wavy Dash and shit and whatever, but I don't... I'll be on I'm here again. I'm excited about... Yeah, you fucking will for sure. I'm excited about uh, all your creations. You're bringing Live Lava Live back a little bit too, right? I am. I saw it. That's cool. Uh, yes. Yeah, I liked it. I saw the, I saw the like first video of, yeah. of you being like, this is going to be a thing coming back. I was like, hell yeah, all right. Once I get this move all settled, it's like a, it's happening. Very cool. Yeah. Where, do, you wanna, do, you wanna, do you want to tell anybody where to find things about you and your life and things? Yeah, here. Go to the, you go to the bathroom. Just do it. Just do it. Okay, well, and then I'll because I feel uncomfortable because the battery is. I have bad okay, batteries okay. and they're gonna be. They're gonna die. Okay? okay. There's not enough. Life is lack. Life okay, is well, lack. It's wanna, entropy. It's if constant. If you want to check me out, Google Mitchell Davis. Go to popcorn.show. Check out my uh, podcast and honestly, just just go listen to some good music. Go listen to Frank Ocean Endless. Uh, it was so good. That's a very specific recommendation. Go do it right now. All right, thank you for listening to my good friend. I love you. I'm going to go use the bathroom so you can't. Bye. Do it. Yeah, so that's it. I, I, you know, if you survived the beginning of this episode, I, you've had enough of me. So let's just say that's the end of this step. Thank you so much for for uh, being through this. And if, hey, if you're here, check out Patreon. Patreon.com slash mygoodbadbrain. That's so helpful. Uh, always. Yeah. Guys, what a world. I love you very much. Hydrate. Take care of yourselves. You know what I mean? All right. See you next week. Uh, (laughs) My good bad brain. That's the end of this episode. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 